This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, it is the Monty Show. Good Monday to you. A crazy weekend in sports, including BYU losing again. How much blame does Kalani Sataki deserve for the failings at BYU? The Big 12 got a TV deal? Yeah, how about that? If you're the Pac-12, are you terrified right now? We'll talk all about that. We have inside details on how the Big 12 was able to get that deal done so fast. We'll deliver those to you. And of course, yeah, the Utah Jazz won again. Are the Utah Jazz the best story in the NBA? I I don't know how you say they're not. What would even be close to a better story? Maybe Boyan Bogdanovich's contract. Maybe Rudy Gobert thriving in Minneapolis. Maybe Donovan Mitchell winning the MVP. Who knows? The Monty Show is presented by the Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. If you've been in a wreck, if you've been in an accident, if somebody hits you because they were driving distracted, why? Should you be the one to bear the burden there? Why are you trusting your insurance company? Why don't you have somebody fighting for you? Why haven't you gone to utahadvocates.com and chatted with them on their website live? You can do that right now, utahadvocates.com. It wasn't your fault you got in that accident and you deserve an advocate. Uh, Good Monday to you. Jake, anything interesting happened in your life over the weekend? Not particularly. We were in Bo- <clears throat> we were in Boise all weekend. Well, you you one thing did happen. What's that? You did share your sickness with me. Apparently, is that so? Yeah, I believe so. Thanks for that, Dick. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, bigger. What's the biggest story in Utah sports right now? If you if you had to just pick one, what is the biggest story? Do you think? I mean, I think people are most excited about the Jazz. That's what I think, you know, everyone wants to talk about. That's what I think the, you know, the talk of the town is that, that they're winning and, you know, you know, they're not tanking and it's just, you know, nice to have a positive, you know, situation with the Jazz, I guess, when everyone thought it was going to be negative. Yeah, I, I've gotten so much heat over people saying, oh, the Jazz aren't tanking. And half the other people are like, the Jazz are tanking. And I still see Jazz fans so upset that they are winning games because I think jazz fans wanted the suck and they had embraced the suck. And then all of a sudden there isn't so much suck to embrace. And all of a sudden people can't be happy, right? Yeah. Well, as we tell you on this show, the jazz are not tanking, certainly not tanking. And I do believe that the Utah jazz are the best story in the NBA. And, and and I don't know if you look across the league, I don't know that it's even close. The disaster that is the Lakers, the disaster that is the Brooklyn Nets, what's going on with the Golden State Warriors who lost again yesterday? Like, if you look at what's right in the NBA, how are the Utah Jazz not on top of that list? Yeah, I think, you know, the Utah Jazz are, are just overachieving. And I think that, you know, I, I like there's this conversation raging about Will Hardy versus Quinn and, you know, the differences between last year's team and this year's team and, and, and you know, why this year's team is having success early on here. And I think, yeah, like I, I, I agree. Like I don't think that there's, you know, another story in the league right now that kind of tops what the, the, the Jazz are doing. I think, you know, 
Bogey getting paid was was nice to see. I mean, you know, Clay doesn't play last night, and and the Pistons get a nice little nice little win there. So that was that was a fun game to watch. But you know, I think for Jazz fans particularly, as far as stories in the league, like I think watching Donovan do what he's doing for the Cleveland Cavaliers is probably for a lot of Jazz fans not great. But I but I think there's also a good chunk of Jazz fans that are enjoying it. I think there's a I, I think because the Jazz are good right now and they're winning games and they're they're having success that it's a little bit easier to accept that Donovan Mitchell is is frankly off to an MVP caliber start. Like there's no way around that. He's in the MVP conversation. Um, you know, he's certainly doing what you had said he was gonna do all all summer, which was average thirty points a game. Um, I think he had 38 and 12 last night, uh, I believe was his final stat line. So yeah, like I think the Jazz are the best story in the NBA, but I think for Jazz fans, they look around the league and they say, what could have been with Donovan? You know, why did we give Bogey away so easily? And now he's gotten paid again. So I think you're just working through these, these different scenarios around the league. And by the way, you know, is it lost on anybody that the Lakers finally got a win last night? So Yeah. I, I think that's where you're at right now as a fan. Well, and, and I also think there were a lot of people the other night talking about how Ja Morant didn't play, and I don't care if he played. I, I, you, you can't take away Malik Beasley's three. I think this team is built to win. I think it's built to win now, and I think you're seeing that they can go any direction you want them to. Let's say that they lose eight out of ten and fall out of contention. You can trade guys. You have pieces on this team that you would happily trade. I just don't think you're limited in any way, shape, or form based on anything you want to do. And I think you just follow the direction of this club. But again, I think it feels really good uh, when you're winning the way that they're winning. It feels really good uh, to be a Jazz fan right now. And I, I'm glad that we can say that uh, on, a, on a regular basis because I don't know that we've been able to say that um, the last two years, even though this yeah. was a, a team that people believed was a championship contender. Some people, we did not, but some people believe this team was a championship contender. I don't think it felt great to be a Jazz fan against the Dallas Mavericks. I think now it feels really good to be a Jazz fan, and you feel like you are, you're doing the right things, you're playing good basketball. I do think it's hysterical, though, that people are trying to say that Will Hardy's already a better coach than Quinn Snyder. After, what, seven games or whatever it's been? Come on now. Like I think you have to guard yourself from from getting too high as well because Will Hardy's not a better coach than Quinn Snyder. And Will Hardy simply is just inexperienced at this point. He's learning on the job. Is he doing a really nice job? Well, yeah, of course he is. Team's playing well, energetic. They seem to really like him and play for him. He's doing everything you want him to do. That doesn't make him a better coach than Quinn Snyder. And I think it's really easy to go too far with that. Yeah, 100%. And I, I, I think that, you know, little things like Jordan Clarkson passing the ball the way he is right now, you know, is what gets Jazz fans kind of riled up about Will Hardy. And, and, and I also think that because of how negative last year's team was, I think that also plays into the Will Hardy thing. But I have to agree, like, I, you're seven games in, and I, and I think the best way to say it is it couldn't, these seven games couldn't have gone better. You know, you're, you're five and two, you're, you're feeling good about yourself. Like, I think, you know, this team, I, I, I think they're capable. Like I, you, you start yeah. to kind of put dots together and you're like, yeah, like maybe this team is capable of, of being a, a 500 team, you know, which is somewhere in that high thirties, 
you know, area. You know what I mean? Like high 30s, you know. I still am reserving myself from breaking the 40-win threshold because I think that every team has their 10-game slide. Every team loses 15 to 17. Like, that happens every year. But I, I think this Jazz team, no matter what happens, is is going to have a successful season if if they don't go and make, you know, huge trades at the deadline. If this is the team we have all year, I think this is probably what you're going to get. Yeah, I, I think, though, there are some definite things you have to clean up. I don't think there's any doubt that, um, you know, the pass to win the game be damned. Jordan Clarkson's got to be a, a a better basketball player. Like, if, if Jordan Clarkson's going to be your starting two, He's got to pass more, and he's got to, you know, he's got to stop with the crazy turnovers. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to figure out your bench rotation even a little more. Um, I mean, I, I, other than that, I mean, the effort's been unbelievable. Um, but, you know, the one thing that won't go away on this team is those two trades, Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell that you mentioned. Yeah. Man, I, I like looking at Boyan Bogdanovich. He got a big extension two years from Detroit he got paid you feel like you kind of gave him away and I I don't know man I know John Morant's probably if it was today would be the MVP right Donnie's got to be close I mean are the Knicks not kicking themselves for not making the Donovan Mitchell trade you look at the way Don is playing right now how are you as a jazz fan you got to hate it but as a Nick fan, you got to really hate it yeah. because now I think you feel like if you are Leon Rose, you probably regret not making that deal. Donnie, please. Yeah, I mean, on some level, I think that, yeah, you're, you're sitting here saying, okay, if I could add Don, Donovan and, and Jalen Brunson in, in my backcourt, uh, or yeah, like I, I think that that is, that, that's obviously a dynamic duo. And I, and I think it's, it's really interesting watching Donovan play with these younger guys. Like I think it's a very energetic team and 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 I really wish that Donovan would have embraced this whole driving kick thing that he has seemingly figured out uh at a much higher level. Yes. Like he did it as a jazz man, you know, but like at the same time I feel like now he's doing it just at a much higher level. The way the passes are getting to guys like like it's almost it, it, it's almost as if it's just that he trusts guys more. And and I know that that sounds so simple and so like, you know, just straightforward and cut and dry, but, but he's making these skip passes across the court from, you know, the strong side elbow to the weak side corner where it's like, dude, like where was that before? Because I can tell you right now, I didn't see a lot of that when you were wearing a jazz uniform, you know? And, and, and it's great that Dean Wade is having the you know the the start of the season of his life because Donovan Mitchell is spoon feeding him wide open threes. Well, look at Kevin like, Love last night. Yeah, like I, I yeah. watched pretty much all every minute of that game, and Kevin Love was just moving around, and Don was looking for him. And you look at the fact that Donnie had twelve times last night. You look at the fact that he puts up thirty eight more points, three rebounds. Like he had a block shot and two steals in the fourth quarter that absolutely impacted that game. Like. It's frustrating to watch his defense be much, much better. Honest to goodness, as as a jazz observer, and if you're a jazz fan and you're frustrated, you should be. Because his defense, I think, I think clearly he spent a lot of the summer working on his positioning and his footwork. That is clearly better this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that a coaching thing? Absolutely, it could be a coaching thing. But it is amazing to me how much better he is and 
I look at Rudy's game and Rudy Gobert, I think is the exact same guy he was as a as a Utah Jazz man. I mean, watching that, um, watching the Spurs beat the the Wolves again yesterday, I, I was amazed. But you look at you look at Rudy Gobert and you start to see that he plays twenty seven minutes, nine points, twelve rebounds. Yeah, and you're like, okay. Here we go on this roller coaster with Rudy again. Some ga- days, games, he's the best player in the world. Other days, he's just out there. Deep right? in and again, Carl Anthony Towns, 26 points, 11 boards, four dimes, and a steal. Yeah. Two blocks. Yeah. Like, I think they've got to figure out if Rudy can be a center and Carl Anthony Towns can be a four. Because I, I think it's incredibly awkward. Well, and I think, you know, the difference there, obviously, is Carl Anthony Towns has a dynamic offensive game. And I think the struggle is just like it was in, in Salt Lake for Rudy. Like, there's, you know, he for him to have a big game, your team has to be struggling. Like, it, it's pretty straightforward, you know, what needs to take place for for Rudy to have a big game. And, and that's the tough part. Like, it's not that he's not a great player. It's the circumstances that have to take place. For him to produce it's not a make or miss thing it's a hey is your team struggling and not shooting well or are they making it a lot yeah. like that's the tough part yeah we shall see uh, by the way steve smith uh, gives us a ten dollar tip and says what does the big 12 tv deal between espn and fox affect the pac-12 we'll talk about all that coming up at uh, 6 30 about 15 minutes from now right here on the monty show appreciate the ten dollar tip Speaking of the $10 tip, uh, wanted to uh, let you guys kind of clue you guys in on what we're doing uh, for the holidays. We're looking for a family to adopt for uh, Thanksgiving. Um, So one of the ways we're going to do this is, hey, we need you to DM us if you know of a family that's struggling um, and, you know, is going to battle to find a way to provide themselves Thanksgiving dinner. We'd really like to to see if we can work with somebody um, and you know provide them Thanksgiving and give them a, a great meal at the holiday, but we need to know who that is. So what we'd like to do is have you nominate uh, families that we can work with to provide them with a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, all you need to do is DM me on Twitter or Instagram, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Um, when we did this last year, we got a ton of submissions. We will simply, you know, we will simply go through all the submissions, contact the folks, and make a decision. Um, so we cannot help every family that gets, you know, submitted to our uh, to our show. But we will pick one family in this audience, and we will help them. Um, whether it's your family or another family, simply just send me a note, DM me, tell me what's up, what's going on, uh, and we'll we'll uh, see what we can do. But uh, we need you to nominate families. So just hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, uh, and just let me know what's up with that. And then one of the things we're going to do is we are going to um, ask you guys to tip us here on YouTube, and that money is going to go to pay uh, for that Thanksgiving. So if you want to contribute to that, feel free. All of our tips uh, go to things like infrastructure, go to our projects like, hey, helping a family for Thanksgiving. And depending on how many tips we get, we will we would like to help multiple families. But it's simply just a matter of, 
you know, the financial wherewithal of it and how many people get submitted. So send us a DM, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show on Twitter or Instagram. Nominate a family that needs help this Thanksgiving season. And we would really enjoy the opportunity to give back to so many people because I think we talk about it a lot on this show that, you know, without you guys, without our audience, we wouldn't be able to, um, you know, to do the things that we're doing. We wouldn't be at Maverick Center. We wouldn't have a studio. We wouldn't have advertisers like you guys make our existence possible. So we'd like to give back to you guys. So in order to do that, please do feel free to um, send me a note. And when I say, you know, we'd like to give back, you know, if it is, you know, if it is just a turkey dinner, if it is, hey, you know what, my, you know, my brother's water heater's going out and he can't afford to replace it or whatever that looks like, we'd really like the ability to get back to you guys. So send us a DM, The Monty Show on Twitter or Instagram, and let's see what we can do. And again, all the tips that we get, um, you know, for this go directly to that. All the money you tip us goes directly into helping people. So we really appreciate that. Uh, M. Alvarez says, I was going to say you can adopt me, but I am not hurting in any way. appreciate you. Thank you for the five, uh, $5 tip there. Uh, let's get some of your thoughts again. We will, um, you know, to Steven's tip, he gave us $10. Steven Smith, we will get to Big 12, Pac-12 coming up here uh, in about 17 minutes on the Monty Show. But the biggest stories in sports, as always, are brought to you by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Uh, hey, by the way, the grand opening of the Quick Quack Car Wash at the district in South Jordan is underway. Uh, I went through yesterday. How was it? Uh, great. They were great. You know, we drove up to Boise and back over the weekend. So, of course, my car was covered in dirt and bugs. Three minutes in and out at Quick Quack. The car looks fantastic. Uh, but they're having a grand opening event at the Quick Quack Car Wash in South Jordan at the district starting November 16th. They are going to give away um, wash passes for a year uh, for the for 12 days following November 16th for the next 12 days. Their top tier uh, wash at Quick Quack is going to be free. Uh, it's going to be an amazing event. That starts on November 16th. Now the wash is open already. Um, and you know that there are Quick Quack, Quick Quack car washes all over uh, Utah. But hey, if you want to go see a brand new one, it's at the district right there by the Grease Monkey. They're in the same building. Um, and again, it was great to roll up. It took three minutes to get through. Even though there was a bit of a line, we went through really quickly. Everybody was happy and smiling. And the best part about it is you don't roll up and put your card into a, an automated box, right? You actually deal with a human being that's friendly. They're nice. They explain, hey, the difference between the different levels of washes, like, it's really just a great experience at Quick Quack Car Wash. And I think the biggest stories in sports this morning, certainly the Jazz winning again uh, over Memphis. They play Memphis tonight again, by the way. Uh, interesting that Memphis is a three and a half point favorite in that game. The number's 234. I would guess John Morant will play. Uh, he's had a non-COVID illness that kept him out of the lineup on Saturday. I would guess John ja would play tonight. Yeah. Um, and maybe that makes it a different story. I don't know, but I still think they're one of the best stories in, in the entire NBA, Jake. Yeah. And I think that, you know, John ja Morant, uh, aside, like I think, you know, again, they can only play who's in front of them. And, and yeah, I mean, I guess, I would guess that Ja does play, um, you know, tonight. And I would guess that's why they have, you know, that three and a half point favorite leaning to them. But, you know, look, I, I, I think that, I, I, I think that regardless of who, who the jazz are playing, 
I think the cool thing is that you're you're seeing sort of the path they're on and 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 what they're doing with that. Because I it, again, I I want to keep saying I think it would have been easy for this team to tank. I think it would have been easy to, you know, just kind of kind of go through it and and kind of gift wrap it like, hey, we're doing the best we can and we suck and that's kind of where we're at right now, you know. But it, it very much feels like they're actually trying to win these games and and they're definitely working as hard as they can i think everyone can agree with that so it's just yeah i i, I don't know how there's anything else that's a more positive story than than what the jazz are right now all right let's get your thoughts in here 10 minutes from now we'll get into the big 12 tv deal we do have really good information on that we'll share that with you coming up at 6 30 tanner Plummer says guys 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 good morning Happy Halloween. Not hey a single trick-or-treater last hey guys. night. It's tonight. I, I bet it's going to go off tonight. I was very happy there wasn't a single trick-or-treater. Uh, Mike Chase says, morning, fellas. Halloween, the Jazz. Uh, happy Halloween. The Jazz look good. What do you think of the Big 12 media deal? So you're saying everybody wants to talk about the Big 12 media deal. <laughs> like, we debated this before the show, and a certain somebody said, no, we're leading with the Jazz. He's just a hack. Good decision, Jake. Uh, salty drunk says morning guys have a great show like with salty drunk what's the story you're not being salty now well, there's, a warm up period. Like... there's a warm-up period for him I, I his saltiness has to grow as the show goes on okay mark hale says uh happy monday can i johnson top of the morning fellas hashtag take note tanner Plummer says is it just me or is mont's voice lower i don't know i i went through puberty like 40 years ago so i think i'm probably good M. Alvarez says, morning, boys. How we? Uh, how about those tanking Utah Jazz? Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say it. They're not tanking. Yeah. Like, if one more person on Twitter hits me with the tank note hashtag, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, they're not tanking. We've been saying that since July. Yeah. This team is not a team that's built to tank. BB, good morning to you, friend. He says, I'm excited. But the problem is that we're not good enough to win a title but we're not bad enough to get a top five or 10 player in the draft. I still think we need to trade the vets and lose. I just don't think that's what Danny Ainge is here for. I yeah. think he realizes that you have almost no chance to, to get VW and not Scoot Henderson. I mean, even if you lose every game, you still have very little chance of ending yeah. up there. Yeah, 100%. So Kyle J says, uh, good morning, fellas. I wish we could have seen Donnie's play under Will Hardy. Me too. Me too. Tanner Plummer says, so that explains why Mont's voice is lower. He's a little under the weather. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Brandon Whiteside says, best story would be a tank. Why, though? Yeah. Why do you want the Jazz to lose games intentionally? Why? Why do you want them to lose games? I've never understood this premise. You're hoping and praying that you win the lottery. And you have very little chance to win the lottery. Like, almost none. Yeah. So why do you want them to tank? I don't get it. Because if you're not getting VW or Scoot, what's the point? Yeah. There is a lot of talent, no matter where they end up in the first round. And my guess is they'll be a mid-first round team. They're going to get a good player. They're going to get a player that's going to make them better. Danny's got a pretty good draft history. Why do you want them to tank? And by the way, they can trade up in the draft too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Strange Cloud says BYU sucks. Okay, thank you for that contribution. Uh, long Gone Days says, Jazz is a weird team, but it's working. It is, and they are. You're exactly right. I think that's exactly right. Yeah, They are an odd team. Uh, Brandon says, not tanking is an awful strategy. Okay, you have to explain that. 
Uh, Thamer says, is the Laurie hate still going strong with you two? Who doesn't like Laurie Markkinen? Yeah, what are you talking about? I, I don't know. How we've, I don't know that on this show we've ever hated Laurie Markkinen. Austin Brinkley says, I don't understand how you would want your team to suck for a low chance of drafting a guy that will turn into a superstar. Amen to that. What's up, Kurt Myers? Good to see you. Um, Salty Drunk says, don't be naive, guys. The Lakers and Nets will get better, and the unexpected success of these lower teams won't be sustainable. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a conversation. I think that, you know, like with the Nets, I, I would expect them to get better. I, I would agree with that. The Lakers, on the other hand, are kind of a different story. Um, I, I don't trust that Westbrook is all of a sudden going to figure out how to shoot a basketball again. You know, as crazy as that sounds, like obviously they get the win last night and they were celebrating in the locker room as they should. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I guess I don't believe that the Lakers are all of a sudden going to be a, a 40 win team, you know, when they wake up tomorrow. Like I, I, I think that there are a lot of issues there. I, I think, you know, the jazz are a little different than the bottom feeder teams in the league. Like the jazz feel like a team that hasn't gotten lucky. They feel like a team that has just like outworked other teams, you know, like, but I think that the Lakers may have found something with Russ coming off the bench, watching the first half of that game. There's one thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about with the Lakers. They're actually solid defensively. That's a team that can defend. I mean, you hold Denver to 110. That's pretty good. And and again, the issue is shooting on this team. Russ came off the bench last night, two of four from three, gave them a really solid 18 points. They got 10 more from Kenrick Nunn. Like if Russ gives them 15 plus points off the bench, they're going to be very difficult to beat. And if he just shoots 30% from three, they're going to be almost impossible to beat because they're going to get points. I mean, I think, you know, AD, LeBron, and Lonnie Walker are going to score points for the Lakers. I think yeah. we all know that's 60 points right there a night. So they don't need a whole lot more. They need three-point shooting. And if they go and make a trade, by the way, one other quick thing on the Lakers. Did you guys see that Jeannie Buss and her brother, the owners of the Lakers, plus Rob Palenka, did not show up for George Mikan's jersey retirement ceremony. And do you know why they didn't show up? No. Because they didn't want to get booed and take the focus off of George Mikan. I actually think it was the smartest thing to do. Because if Jeannie Buss shows up with Rob Palenka, what are, what are the, the Crypto.com fans going to do? Yeah, probably boo. That's probably true. And it's going to overshadow George Mikan. And I, I think they actually handled that perfectly. But I'm telling you now, that Laker came, team can defend. And I know I'm the only one who thinks that, and I'm crazy, and I'm stupid and fat and sick, and your mom loves me. We get it. We get it. We get it. Long Gone Days says that today's NBA is now role player generation. Uh, I don't disagree with that, actually. I actually don't disagree with that at all. Um, you know, I, I, that's interesting. Yeah. It is. Mike Maples, good morning to you. Good morning, friends. I don't hate Don playing well. You said he would all summer. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did. I think he's an MVP candidate. He's 30 points a game, man. Uh, Boyd Lake says, stop with the crazy turnovers. Talking about uh, Zachy Poo. He was this close to beating the evil empire Bill Belichick. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. He just won't throw the ball to certain guys. And it's incredibly – he's an, a frustrating guy to watch. I, I, I hope he does well. I just have doubts. Yeah. I do. Uh, BB says Quinn is better than – or Hardy is better than Quinn. He's doing more with less. And the, uh, the Jazz underperformed every year with – every year? No, they didn't. They did not underperform every year. 
uh, with Quinn, this team can't lose even though I want them to and the assists are crazy high for a bunch of shooters. I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a group of guys that are, I don't know, is malcontent strong? It probably is. But you're seeing a group of guys that were cast off from others, other teams. Uh-huh. They show up in Salt Lake City, a guy like Lori Markkinen, who plays at an incredibly high level. And he's on, a, he's on a team where he doesn't have to be the guy. And I think what you have is a bunch of B and C players with the Jazz playing together and elevating all of their games. That's what I think you have here. I mean, you look at, you look at Kelly Olenek. He is a scrub on most other teams. Right. But they don't require him to do anything. They don't require Kelly Olenek to score, what, 23 points the other night to win that game. They don't. But what did he do? He had a huge three down the stretch to help them win that game. You look at Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley, four of six from three. That's his job. Yeah. He's doing his job. Can he play linebacker and tackle? Uh, you, look <laughs> at, you look at the guys that are they're getting performances from. It's Vando playing seven or, excuse me, 23 minutes, seven points, seven dimes, seven rebounds. Yeah. He's doing his job. That's what you have. You have a bunch of B players on this team that are doing their jobs at a really high level, and that's why they're winning. You don't have a bunch of A players that want to be the alpha and have everybody else. Like, that was the problem last year. Rudy wanted to be the best player on this team, and he never was going to be. You look at, you look at the pieces as they were put together last year. They didn't fit, and so chemistry took a beating. These are all B players right now on this Jazz team that fit together really well. They all want to do their job. They all know that, hey, if they're going to have an existence in the NBA, they have to do their job. Malik Beasley's well aware he needs to hit threes, and so he does. And that's why this team is playing at such a high level. Yeah, That's all this is. It isn't rocket science. It truly is not. All right, more of your thoughts on the Jazz coming up. As, uh, by the way, the Jazz um, tonight are actually three-and-a-half-point dog. But look at the number on that game, yeah. 234. Yeah. 234. That's 117 points a team. So you're seeing a lot. that The, the over-unders in the NBA this year are significantly higher than I remember them being. Yeah, it's a lot of track meets. It's a lot of up and down, a lot of, a lot of easy buckets. Are you surprised the Jazz are getting that kind of love from Vegas? Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know... I, uh, yes and no. Like, like I feel like you know, love from the standpoint of they're not a bigger dog. You know, I I'm not surprised because I think the boys in Vegas have a job to do and they have money to make. You know, so it's like they need to keep the line kind of competitive and and keep it front and center. But the 234 number is really interesting to me uh, because I think that people are starting to learn what this Jazz team can do. I, you know, this Jazz team is capable of scoring. You know. Yeah, 117 points. Like, they are definitely capable of doing that. And I think, you know, uh, again, John Morant probably does play tonight, and that's going to obviously alter the course of this game. But but I think that it's still a tight game. I don't think that just because Jaws going to be in the game that all of a sudden they lose by 20. You know, I think that they work just as hard as Memphis does. And that's how I think Memphis grinds a lot of teams out is they just outwork you. They outpace you. They out you know, perform you in that department. And that allows them to get 15, 20, 25 extra points in a game just out of the transition game alone, you know? And, and that, to me, 
doesn't exist against this Jazz team because they work so hard. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised that they, they're getting, you know, the Jazz are getting respect from the boys in Vegas. I, I think they've earned that respect. They've earned the respect of saying, yeah, this team is going to work hard and, and, and do their thing, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely right. All right, let's uh, switch gears here on the Monty Show uh, presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com and get to the news that apparently everybody thinks is the biggest story in sports this morning, and that is the extension of the Big 12 TV deal um, with ESPN and Fox. And there's a couple of things that I think are really important here uh, to point out. This is a significant extension, and the bigger deal is that it could be as much as $50 million per school per season when all of the rights deals are signed. Now, the other thing to remember here that's really important is this deal is not signed yet. This deal is not official yet. The negotiation portion of this agreement, as I am, am told, as it was explained to me by sources in the TV industry, is that the money and the TV end of it has been agreed to. The process now is the schools have to sign their grant of rights with the conference. And how this process works, and this is really important to understand, the grant of rights is not signed with ESPN. The grant of rights, each school in the league, including BYU and the other three coming in, is signed with the conference, who then goes and makes a deal with ESPN and Fox. So the deal is done. Now what has to happen is, the deal goes back to the schools. They're like, oh yeah, cool, where do I sign? All of the schools sign the deal, and then the deal gets signed by ESPN, Fox, and the Big 12. We're not there yet. The deal has been negotiated with the, the conference and the TV partners at ESPN and Fox, and it is on the table for the uh, individual members of the Big 12 to agree to. Now, the interesting part of this deal is not even that they got it done. It's how they got it done so quickly. And as sources told me yesterday, this deal came together so quickly because ESPN encouraged the Big 12 to come to market sooner and more aggressively because ESPN viewed the Big 12 as an opportunity to have big games and to create big games in the preseason and to have a lion's share of the Big 12 deals on the ABC ESPN family of networks. And that's exactly what ESPN got. They will have 60% of the football inventory on ESPN or ABC. And that is a huge win for ESPN because a couple of things you have to remember when we talk about TV deals in college football and major college sports, the other sports matter. In this deal, Fox was willing to take far less inventory in football because of their deal with the Big Ten and because they were able to get a larger share of the Big 12 basketball contract, which, by the way, I think we all realize the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in the country right now. Fox had a bigger appetite for college basketball in the Big 12 than they did college football. That was a big factor in allowing this deal and the negotiations to go so smoothly and to move so quickly. The other part of this is that ESPN and ABC pulled out of the Big Ten negotiations early on in that process. Their money was already to be allocated somewhere else before Brett Yormark was, was made the commissioner of the Big 12. They knew exactly what they were doing, and I think it is a stroke of genius by ESPN to get this deal done in a timely fashion. Obviously, the other implication here is, what does this mean for streaming? Streaming is not 
part of this deal. This deal with the Big 12 is exclusively between Fox and ESPN. But the caveat is there are provisions built into this deal where the Big 12 can easily expand and more money will come their way based on their expansion. ESPN and Fox have agreed to a, uh, you know, an addendum, if you will, to this deal that says, hey, we can get more money with expansion. The other thing that ESPN has done that made this deal work and work quickly is they have embraced Amazon, not as a competitor, but as a player in the market space. Obviously, ESPN and ABC are owned by Disney. Disney Plus is a major player in the streaming industry, but ESPN on its own has recognized that trying to compete with or have an adversarial relationship with Amazon would be a significant misstep in the marketplace. ESPN has embraced the fact that Amazon is coming into professional sports and college sports in a very big way. They were open to the idea that the Big Ten needed a separate third-tier streaming partnership and ESPN did not stand in the way of allowing that to happen. So obviously that opens a conversation for third tier rights. Why that is significant is because the Big 12 has taken back third tier rights from the members of the Big 12. So if you look at the individual schools, they no longer have the ability to go out and negotiate and create their own third tier partnerships. That all now belongs to the Big 12 and by most industry sources opinion that deal is nearly done with amazon and if amazon gets into the streaming game with the big 12 the big 12 is in position where each member school including the four new ones would get between 50 and 52 million dollars per season and really per year per annum on this deal that is a strikingly huge increase from where they were under their current contract at $30 million per school per year. There is no other way to look at this than this is a win across the board for the new leadership in the Big 12, for the Big 12 members, and for ESPN. And how did it all happen? I think the biggest thing is that the Big 12 is in lockstep. They are all in agreement on how they want to move forward as a body, including the four new schools. And as it was explained to me yesterday, the four new schools knew that this was going to be the process when, you know, when they really started opening this up. And what the new commissioner, Brett Yormark, has done so well at this point is he is towards schools. He has communicated at a very high level and he has let his membership know this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Get on board now. And all of the, the members, including BYU and the other three coming in, got on board at the very beginning of this new administration. I think it was a stroke of genius by Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, to travel around to his membership and get them all on board. And it's why you saw him very publicly meet with the media at several of these spots. It's why you saw him very publicly last week talk about expansion, talk about a criteria for expansion. And I would note those were not prepared remarks. They were media questions that he was answering in Orlando at UCF. He knows what he's doing. He has a clear vision. He knows he has the support of his membership. This is a win across the board for the Big 12, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, this is this is a shining example of what, you know, media relations and media packages and distribution deals should be. You know, I think that 
obviously, like you said, it's not, you know, signed, sealed and delivered yet, but, but obviously they're on track to do that. And I think that, you know, it, it, it does beg the question of, you know, where, you know, where the PAC 12 is going. Cause I think that's the, that's the next logical question, you know, assuming that this deal gets done and everything gets worked out and, you know, everything's, you know, happy in the big 12, it begs a question like where the PAC 12 is going, because obviously you can see how efficient the process can be when you have a commissioner in, in your mark who knows what he's doing and is able to lead the conference and basically shepherd the conference into a new media deal that pays every school $20 million more than you are already getting paid. So that to me is the next question. Like, hey, what is the Pac-12 going to do to to get something like this done? Because $30 million a year for schools just is no longer, I feel like, a, a palatable number. I mean, it's not a big number. It's yeah. not a significant number. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I, I think when you look at the implications that this has on the Pac-12, I think there are some real problems here for the Pac-12 because this, again, goes back to tacticians. Brett Yormark is a tactician. The commissioner of the Big 12 comes from the Nets, comes from Rock Nation, comes from doing deals just like this. The fact that he was able to so quickly ingratiate himself with his media partners at Fox and ESPN and that ESPN encouraged the Big 12, your mark and his constituents to come to market sooner and more aggressive and that your mark was open to that discussion tells you that he is a savvy business operator. You flip that on its, on its ear and you say, okay, well, what does this mean for the Pac-12? What this means for the Pac-12 is they are in a very precarious situation now because there is no model, there is no revenue projection that gets any Pac-12 school to 50 plus million dollars a year. It's simply not possible with where that league is right now. And the bigger question is, when you look at all the rhetoric coming from the media, and again, not being not, not disparaging in any way, but you listen to what John Wilner at the San Jose Mercury News and, and John Canzano, who are the two mouthpieces for this league, you look at what those two guys have done over the last six months, they have constantly spouted anti-Big 12 rhetoric at the behest of the Pac-12, at the behest of George Klyovkov. And now it all seems so silly that they would do that because there is no model now that saves the Pac-12 financially. This is a 20 to $30 million league maximum. And if you lose USC and UCLA, you're with, with no replacement. You're in real trouble. And one other thing that was pointed out to me yesterday um, by a, a high-placed media source was UCLA is told the, US, the UC System Board of Regents. So UCLA is part of the University of California system. They are beholden to the University of California system. But the leadership at UCLA has told the UC system in no uncertain terms, we're not staying in the Pac-12. We are going to the Big Ten. And I think it has become more and more clear now. The reason that you have not seen the Big Ten act is because they were waiting for this shoe to fall. And I think now they have real leverage over Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford to join the Big Ten as members, which really would decimate any hope for future existence of the Pac-12. Now, all of that is conjecture and opinion by people because until it happens, until ink is on paper, there's nothing to really talk about. But it makes perfect financial sense for those four Pac-12 schools to join the Big Ten. 
In order for that to happen, though, the Big Ten is going to have to have kind of a, a dual negotiation going on with Amazon and those four schools because they need each other. I think Amazon is reticent to join the Big Ten now and then have to come back and renegotiate because it's just not smart business, would be my guess. I think what you're looking at here is Amazon now is in the catbird seat. And as I said, ESPN has embraced that. And I think that's going to push this ball forward. But as far as the Pac-12 is concerned, I think they're in real trouble here. Yeah, and I think that, you know, talks of mergers and the Big 12 and the Pac-12 coming together, like every time a deal like this gets done, it pushes the Pac-12 farther and farther away from that because there's no there's no incentive for the Big 12 to, to you know, work with the Pac-12, to, to do them a favor, to help them like the incentive is to eat up the teams in the pac 12 now like the incentive is to as i was saying you know six eight weeks ago and we've been, you know we've been talking about these types of deals for a while but like my message has always been we're heading towards super conferences and i think that this is just another small step in that process where you're going to dissolve the pac 12 essentially those teams he was just mentioning are going to go to the big 10 the rest of what's left is going to go to the Big 12, and then you're going to have four conferences, right? And and I think that there's probably going to have to be a process at some point in college football for your 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 G5 team or your lower end team to to take a leap to become a P5 team. There's probably got to be a better, more efficient process for that. But right now, I just don't like. I don't think that George Klyovkov is helping the conference. And I, I, whether you're looking at it from the Big Ten slash Big 12 side of it, or you're looking at it from like a school like Oregon's point of view, everyone's point of view says, hey, we need to go to these other conferences that are getting, I mean, the Big Ten's getting 70, 75 million a year. Like you're talking about this conference just, just paying people through the nose. Why would you stay with the pack? That, that's the problem. There's no incentive for anybody uh, from any side of the conversation to continue to do business with, with George Klavkov. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, this is a $380 million deal, um, and that does not include third-tier streaming. And, I, I mean, I just I continue to hear that Brett Yormark has already got expansion deals in the works, and I continue to hear about corner schools. I, I just don't know that that's available um, to him now. But I don't see how you don't make the invitation. I, I, I certainly think that, you know, the next time I hear about San Diego State will not be the last time. I mean, it, what makes a lot of sense when you're talking about four time zones is I think there's only two schools in California right now that are viable candidates to join the Big 12. Because I do not think Stanford and Cal are that. I think those are Big 10 schools. They've got that written all over them. It makes too much sense. I think San Diego State and Fresno State are the only two teams in the in the the Pacific time zone in California right now that make a lot of sense for the for the the Big 12. To me, San Diego State gives you Southern California. That makes a lot of sense, but I also know that the Mountain West is out on contract negotiations as well and they are looking to grow their footprint and I think they would really like to add Oregon State and Washington State. I don't know that that happens, but if it does, I think that's a game changer for the Mountain West. But if you're the Big 12, I think really it's Fresno State and San Diego State, and I really think it's San Diego State because you need the population of Southern California. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the only way to get it. But 
I mean, I just, I don't know how you, I don't know how you get that. I really don't. Uh, Mike says, I've heard all these rumors for the last six weeks that Amazon is, is going to buy the Pac-12 network. Are those true? I, Mike, I appreciate the note. I don't, I don't see that anybody is buying the Pac-12 network. The problem is that it's highly dysfunctional. It's got carriage problems. Buying the Pac-12 network for Amazon makes zero sense. What is the gain there? They don't get carried anywhere. Amazon is not trying to grow a cable network. Amazon is not trying to get rights to something. Amazon could have a deal today with the Pac-12 if they wanted to. There would be no reason for the Pac-12 to to be in business at the Pac-12 network with Amazon. It just doesn't, in today's current marketplace, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. What makes a lot of sense is for Amazon to partner on a third tier stream, wholly streaming with the Big 12, with the Big 10, with the Pac-12 should it survive. That's what makes sense. It doesn't make sense for Amazon to buy to buy the Pac-12. I mean, I've, I've heard that repeatedly and it just, it just makes, I'm, I must be asked that at least three, four times a week. Yeah. And it's never made any sense. I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. And if you see a way it makes sense, please feel free. I just don't think that Amazon's never been in the TV business per se, like the traditional TV business. They're they're very much in the, you know, watch football on your physical TV business, but they want you to do it via internet, not via satellite. By by the Amazon app, by yeah. by the Prime Video app. That yeah. They want you to subscribe to Amazon Prime. Yeah. To watch Big 12 football. Y'all feel Big me? 10 football, like yeah. NFL football on Thursday nights. They don't want you to watch the, the Pac-12 network. That just does not make sense in, in any way, shape, or form. Salty Drunk. All right, back on brand, my guy. He says, cool, I've been looking forward to the TV rights discussions. Yeah, I can't that. tell if that's salty or if that's No, actual. that's salty. That's oh, okay. 100% salty. He hates football. Uh, BYU is getting that bag, Tanner says. They are. They are. And one of the questions is what happens to BYU TV now? Because you're not going to see Big 12 sports on BYU TV. That's come the the third tier now has been taken away at the local level. So that's probably still Sports Nation. That's probably still, you know, all of the sports non act action sport, like any of their sports content, their coordinators corner, you know, like all that stuff I yeah. think goes on. I just don't think it is it I don't think you can continue to have sports on on BYU TV. I don't. Uh Long Gone Dandy says, um, at Kanai, Jazz remind me of the 2004-2005 Pistons. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Alan Corbin says, looks like the Big 12 wanted to be a partner with ESPN, unlike the Pac-12 last season. I don't think there's any doubt that the Big 12 and ESPN like each other. They are, they are in lockstep. Absolutely in lockstep. Uh, Long Gone Dandy says, five years from now, Disney will buy ESPN in the NBA. Disney owns ESPN. Yeah. So they don't have to buy them. Alan Corbin says, John Wilner and John Canzano hit hardest by this Big 12 deal since they spent five months trashing the Big 12 is unwanted. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I mean, look, I love John Wilner. I respect the guy. I read him every time he publishes. Like, he's a, a, an, an outstanding yeah. journalist. I just think he feels like he is tied to the, the Pac-12, and he needs the Pac-12. I think one of the most unforgivable acts that we've seen is the Wilner Canzano podcast where they absolutely allowed George Klyovkov to go on their show and do a hit piece on UCLA. Uh -huh. It was, to me, 
Like, yeah, obviously. But it, to me, was a huge mistake. You just, you cannot do that. And I think the trouble is, is they have great information. It's just how that information is delivered and, and the way they go about it, that's an issue. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. Boyd Lake says, uh, Texas was the exception with the Longhorn Network. No, what Longhorn Network, what? The exception to what? Um, Jeremy Severe says, is the Pac-12 dead now? No, not, not yet. Not officially. Um, San Diego State Aztec says SDSU is preseason ranked 19th in men's basketball. That would add the Big 12 prestige and add to the postseason pot of gold that would get split between conference members. Yeah, but one of the other things you got to remember here is I don't think the NCAA tournament is, as we know it, is going to be around long. I, I Honest to God, I could see a big change coming to postseason college basketball. Because I think there's a lot of people who feel like there's just not enough seats at the table. Yeah. And with the money that's available, I also think that Amazon and a streaming platform, you know, Apple TV is interesting in this light. I think there could be, I think there could be made for streaming games. I think the same way that they're done on ESPN and Fox and CBS. And I think you could see made for T made for stream games, main made for stream events. So yeah. I think the college basketball postseason could change. Tanner says the Pac-12 has been dead since UCLA and UC USC went to the Big Ten. I would agree with that. Um, Josh Loverin, oh, come on. This is such a dumb question. I'm so tired of hearing this. Should ECU be part of the Big 12 over one of the four incoming into the league? Should, BY <laughs> should BYU be in the Pac-12? Should they be in the Pac-12? They dominated the Pac-12 last year. Should BYU be in the pack? This is a, Josh, you're better than this. This is a really dumb question. A re, and I, yeah. The thing I don't understand is, Josh, why have you turned into a BYU hater all of a sudden? I, do, I, like, I don't get it. I, I, I think you're a Washington State fan. I could be wrong. I don't understand this question. East Carolina is, is tiny. That, like, what do, what, do the, what do the Pirates bring to the table? Yeah. You, football winning football games has almost nothing to do with joining a conference. And that's what I think people don't understand. It's a business Man. thing. It's not necessarily like obviously winning helps. And I think winning, you know, the winning's never a bad thing. You know, obviously it'd be ideal if BYU, could, you know, was 10 and one and, you know, had some ridiculous season heading into a new conference, but they're not. But at the same time, they still have an ESPN contract. They still have a huge following. They're still bringing a million people to the tube every week. Like that's, you know, like there's no getting away from that. And that I think is what you like. That's what I think, you know, the BYU. And I don't know if Josh is a hater. I agree with you. Like you have been negative on BYU totally. But like for the BYU hater community, like that's what you're not going to be able to get away from is that BYU does put out. They make you money. Like, yeah. like whether the, and I could almost make a case. Honestly, I could almost make a case that when they're losing, they're just as relevant as when they're winning. Like when BYU loses, like they're they're just as much of a talking point as when they're winning the BYU fan base with all due respect is very much toxic when the team is losing but that then means inherently that everyone's talking about you know Tuiaki and Kalani and like everything happening in the program so when they play ECU with a lot on the line there's going to be a lot of people watching that. So that's the difference. And that's why that's, you know, kind of a, with all due respect, kind of a silly question. It is. Yeah. Uh, Mike Maple says, no way the Arizona schools don't get the grasses greener thoughts now. Oh my God. 
How are you not? Listen, the, the truth about the Pac-12 is they were in position to dominate. Yeah. And their unwillingness to embrace tech, their unwillingness to do a deal with DirecTV, their inability to operate, I don't know, what's the right way to say it, a sound business model, it absolutely crippled them. I, I look at the smaller schools in that conference, you know, all of these schools that, spent significant money upgrading their their facilities and their TV and, and radio capabilities. And none of that money was ever realized. None of it. And it, it's, it is absolutely a death knoll to schools that, that made major infrastructure upgrades because they were told the Pac-12 network was going to be this windfall of money. And it is lost money every single year. And it's largely because of mismanagement. It and it never had to happen. And then we're gonna wonder why we're not why why you know there's only ever one or two schools in the college football playoff in the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, Josh says the Pac-12 network has been dead since the Pac-12 network was formed. Tanner, I disagree, a hundred percent. I mean, when we went to Pac-12 media day in 2018, something like that, Larry Scott sat down in front of us and said, "Hey." We're, we have a deal done. We're doing this. We're doing that. And it never came to fruition. <clears throat> Even in 2018, had you done a deal and there was a lot of talk about YouTube TV and Google that they were going to partner on a stream deal. If you'd have done that, Larry Scott would still be the commissioner and we wouldn't be having the discussion we're having now. That's right, T. But you didn't. And now here we are. Like it, the Pac-12 network was not dead on arrival. No. I, I don't understand Again, something I hear all the time, it was doomed to fail. No, it was not doomed to fail. It was actually the exact right thing to do. But you haven't provided programming. You continue to call yourself the Conference of Champions. You keep doing math on the back of envelopes. You, I mean, you're, George Klyovkov was supposed to be this revelation and this replacement. And the guy has been nothing but a blowhard. All he's done is run his mouth about UCLA when, frankly, what you need to do is stop talking and start doing. Yeah. Why is UCLA leaving the conference? Because they're broke, dude. What? Look at schools like Oregon State and Washington State. They're broke, man. There are, they, it, like UC Berkeley, Cal, their, their athletic budget is insolvent. They're in debt for a decade on athletics because they went and re refurbished Memorial Stadium in Berkeley because they were told they were getting a cash windfall that never came. Now all you're doing is trying to keep that going because this is what you've always done. Like, it's funny, we were driving to work today talking about doing hard better. It's the Carol Lawson thing, you know, like do hard better. And the Pac-12 just can't seem to get on board with that. And the Big 12 embraced the suck. When Oklahoma and, and Texas said, hey, we're leaving, we're going to the SEC. Did the Big 12 fold? Did the Big 12 pull out envelopes and pencils and start doing bad math? No, they didn't. They got their ducks in a row and they realized that their commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, was a joke at the time, right? And what did he say? Oh, man, this, that. Oh, God, conference is in trouble. Oh, we're losing half. He straight up said we're losing half of our TV value. They fired him. And they brought in a guy who was like, yeah, we can get this done. Fucking A. And lo and behold, he's gotten it done. But what is the Pac-12 doing? They're still talking. They're still doing math on the back of envelopes, according to George Klyovkov. It's embarrassing. It never had to happen. Yeah. If you would have just embraced the position that you're in,
And this is what I cannot get, whether it's the Utah Jazz, whether it's the Pac-12, whoever. You routinely look at people that deal with adversity, and this is in your life, and this is in your business, and this is in your home. When you're dealing with adversity, the people who try to find the shortest route to the easiest path are the ones who routinely fail. It's the people who are like, yeah, this is hard. I'm walking uphill. I better breathe well. You know, like embrace the suck, bro, and we will come out of this ahead. But when you don't embrace the suck, you wind up sticking with Pac-12 Network and not having a deal on DirecTV. I have, and I'm pretty certain, I've never watched the Pac-12 Network. I don't believe I have ever one time seen a Pac-12 Network broadcast. I'm pretty sure of that. And why? Because I'm a DirecTV customer. Can't get it online. I'm not subscribing to FUBU or whatever it's called, FUBO TV. Right. I'm not doing that. Like, it's just amazing to me that the, the depth of, of absolute self-inflicted wounds in the Pac-12 is, is remarkable. It is truly remarkable to me. How, how was football at 50? Uh, it was really, really good. Really, really good. Football at 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. <laughs> Uh, 10 of the hour, every hour <laughs> on the Monty show. Make sure, uh, Hey, seriously, make sure though, um, here on the Monty show that, uh, you get your Jacko pizza tonight because it is Halloween. And that does mean today is the last day for Jacko pizzas. 911. What's your emergency? Something is in my house. I'm sorry. Say again. I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, ma'am. Can you describe it for me? It smells like golden crust, freshly shredded cheese, and pepperoni. Ma'am, ma'am, we've traced the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. What do you mean? It's a Papa Murphy's Jacko pizza, and it's just $10. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. Yeah, dude, cannot wait. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween. Like, it. can you guys believe... Yeah. Here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Yeah. Can you guys believe that it is Halloween and now we are headed for Thanksgiving? Yeah, dude. I mean, we're supposed to. I mean, I haven't looked at the forecast, but I would guess it's going to start snowing at some point. Winter's actually like going to show up. You know, it's actually going to do its job. Man. Yeah, I, 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 I am amazed by it. Yeah, Thursday. They say we're going to get a storm on Thursday. See, so winter's here. Yeah, there you go. winter's coming, right? Um, good morning to you. Welcome to the show presented by The Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. We'll get back to uh, Utah Jazz coming up in 30 minutes uh, here on the show at 7.30. But uh, just talking about a lot of different things this morning, if you're tuning in. Uh, by the way, are you, have you been in an accident? Did you get hurt at work? Have you asked yourself the question, Man, do I need a lawyer? If you've asked that question, the answer is almost always yes. Get to utahadvocates.com. They're the best in the business. Chat with them online for free. And the best part is you never go into your pocket to pay the Utah Advocates because you do not pay the advocates unless and until they win your case at utahadvocates.com. The best in the business. I've known Matt Triggs and those guys at the Advocates for 10 years. And they're just good people to do business with. A good local law firm that knows the ropes um, across this country on how to defend you from workman's comp claims, accidents, car accidents, motorcycle accidents. Have you been in a motorcycle accident? Absolutely. Call the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Um, I think the biggest story in sports this morning certainly is 
this Big 12 TV deal and the impact that it has on the Pac-12. Um, I'm just amazed how many people, you know, want to say that the Pac-12 was dead on arrival. It was not. Yeah, I don't think it was I, not. I, I, I don't think that it was dead on arrival. I think that, you know, the Pac-12 and, it, you know, you go back to the Pac-10 days, right? Like back in the day when it was SC and Reggie and, yeah. you know, th those days of the conference. And I think, you know, that that conference, as we knew it then, was dominating. You know, obviously SC was a power and, and obviously there were things, cheating, scandals, great, whatever. Fact is, they were the power conference. And I think that the problem is, like you were saying, it, you can only go so long, you know, running running the conference at a loss before you're going to start to suffer. And I think yes. it, it's 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 a difficult thing. And and I think the 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 what if game is a difficult game. You know, like I think you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people who lead these schools in the Pac-12 who are saying, you know, yeah, like what if we had changed, you know, commissioner sooner and we had accelerated that timeline and we had done some things differently like i you know like yeah I, I have to think those questions are being asked but i just to me the, the problem the core issue is that now from a business sense whether you're the schools whether you're amazon whether you're the big 12 or even the big 10 everything says that everybody should shift and and go to a different conference that's the thing and and that's where it's like as a commissioner in george klyovkov that to me is why it is so unbelievable that we continue to hear the, you know, tongue in cheek, back of the envelope stuff. And like, you know, just the rhetoric that he puts out there because it's, it's not making a difference. And that is just so clear too, that it's not making a difference. Yep. Uh, I agree. Uh, barfing chicken says football at 56 LOL. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, Eric and Raleigh says BYU sucks. I think that's also a big story today. Um, I think BYU is BYU. I, I don't know how else you say it. BYU is embarrassing right now. I mean, and, and this story about, you know, when you lose to teams the way they've lost to teams. And it's not that you lost the game. It's that you continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. And I think the real question is, how much blame does Kalani Sataki deserve here? Because I actually think it's a significant amount of blame. I think Kalani Sataki has mismanaged his defense horrendously over the last two years. And I think now it's coming back to roost. I mean, you were able to make plays last year. And now that you have younger guys that, that, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to move through the program. I mean, this situation with Peyton Wilger's wife over the weekend, um, she voiced frustration on Instagram that Peyton Wilger, who's out uh, currently right now with a high ankle sprain, wearing a boot, um, they did not have a parking pass for him. So they, he supposedly had to walk a mile to the stadium. And she said she could not wait to move on from BYU football. You're seeing this program come apart at the, at the seams. And I know that a lot of media in this town won't say it, but I think you have to look at Kalani Sataki now. And you have to say, hey, is Kalani Sataki really the right guy to lead this program? Now, I'm telling you he is. I'm 100% team Kalani. But you got to ask some really hard questions. And this is not just some fluke. This is not accidental. These are deliberate, self-inflicted injuries at BYU. 
And you have to look at things like strength and conditioning, preparation. The injuries are no longer, you know, oh, that's football. The injuries are a lack of preparation. I think you look at the issues with tackling, that's a lack of preparation. I think you look at the fact that Elisa Tuiaki was allowed to run this defense for the last two years. How are you not looking at Kalani Sataki and saying, hey, bud, we got to have a real serious conversation here. How are you not mandating changes on that coaching staff? Friends of the program are no longer here. But again, I will tell you this. If you are just going to blame this on the football program and the guys that run the football program, you're insane. The administrative staff, the dysfunction in the athletic department, the dysfunction in the, in the, the apparatus that makes money for BYU on athletics, there is significant dysfunction in that process. And if you are not going to fix that dysfunction, you are not going to win football games. So, yes, the issues on the field are Kalani Sataki's fault. Is he the reason solely that they are losing games? No, he is not. And it's above him. And I'm not pointing at Tom Homo, but what I'm saying is the athletic department largely operates in a dysfunctional fashion between management and athletics. And it's got to get fixed mm -hmm. because until it gets fixed, you're not going to thrive and you are going to you're, – you're, you truly are standing there with wads of $100 bills just throwing them into the furnace. That's what you're doing because there's so much dysfunction and so many friends of the program work in the program. College football and winning in college football is not about making sure your buddy has a job. It's about making sure you win football games. And nine times out of 10, that has nothing to do with your buddy having a job. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say about that. Yeah, and I think that dysfunction is... You know, unfortunately, has bled onto the football field. You know, I think that <clears throat> there is, you know, I college football is a, is a really complex thing. You know, there's much much like college basketball. There's a lot that happens off the court that you're never going to know about and never going to hear about that that really does impact the product on 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 game day. And I think that it's it's tough because yeah it, it, it felt like the the Kalani's too nice thing was sort of a big issue but then you know the this losing streak has happened and now that kind of just felt like the tip of the iceberg now it feels like there's there's more there it feels like that there's not an ability to kind of right the ship that that to me is what's really interesting is like you know, you, you struggle through things but how do you you know how do you work through them and how do you get back to the winning ways, you know, like this game against Boise is like, dude, like they're, what, what is the line on the Boise game? Didn't you say that they're a pick or something no. ridiculous or whatever uh, it is? Like, uh, it, no, like, um, Boise's an eight point favorite. Boise's an eight point favorite. Like, that, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. My bad. Yeah. Boise's an eight point favorite on Fox sports two. Yeah. On Fox sports. Two. I don't even know what channel Fox sports two is. That's incredible. Boise is a, an eight point favorite. So Saturday. you can see where things are going. And, and, and I don't know, like, I think it's, I've always believed that it's really easy to say, Hey, just fire everybody, burn the whole thing down. Like that's, that to me has always been the convenient route and the easy route. Like I think that Kalani obviously works his ass off to make sure the program's in a good spot. And there are things that are challenging him, you know, and challenging this program and, and this staff's ability to get things corrected. I do agree that the, the Tuiaki stuff, I, I, I can even, 
a, a lot of weeks make a case for a rod that that those guys maybe there's a change needed there you know but again it needs to be said that it, it's easy to say there's a change needed it's hard to find people to fill those spots you know and, and that's why i'm saying it's not as easy at BYU as just oh yeah we'll find we'll, we'll we'll go get someone on the street we'll just go find someone in the coaching community and give someone a shot that's that's not how it works at BYU so to me it, the program is 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 going through it and I think you're always gonna get your your haters you know whether it's Loverin or Eric and Raleigh or whoever like it's fine to hate on the program it's justified they're not good right now you know you're not wrong that they suck. But I'm telling you, at some point, change and major change has to come to this program. And I'm guessing that it's going to be after the season because it's not really in the BYU culture to do it in season. Well, and I also think that your recruiting is not taking a hit to this point. It's not like you're losing recruits left and right. And I think that's a big nod to Kalani and company. But I, I, I just... Anybody that thinks that Kalani Sataki is the wrong guy for this job, I think doesn't know what the job entails. And doesn't know who Kalani is. I mean, I, I think when you look at what's going to happen into the Big 12, I think that BYU is pretty well positioned to make that jump into the Big 12. I mean, again, recruiting, I think, matters. But wouldn't it be a problem if Kalani Sataki wasn't on the hot seat? You're probably, probably going to win one more game. Because I don't think you get the nod at Boise, and I don't think you get the nod at Stanford. I don't think you deserve the right of... of of belief or, belief or faith. But the other issue here is the media in this town is not being kind to BYU Facts. in that they're not telling the truth. They're going to spit shine a lot of things that are happening at BYU. And I guarantee you, BYU media is going to be like, oh, well, uh, little Kevy got hurt and that's why they lost all those games. It has nothing to do with little Kevy and everything to do with mismanagement. The, the season has not been well coached. The season has not been well-managed. The season play calling in games has been a real problem. Um, the nicety that Jake always talks about has been a real problem. Um, situations with guys like Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall shouldn't have played against Notre Dame. He did, and they lost because of it. Come on, man. It's that simple, right? Like I, you, you're trying to do everything to be nice when you need to do everything to win. And a lot of times winning is a cold-blooded thing. It's a cold-blooded thing. And again, I feel like I just said this half an hour ago, but winning in life and winning in, in, in work is cold-blooded. You got to make hard decisions. And when Jaron can't throw, how, how is your quarterback not able to throw with a shoulder issue and you're still putting him out there? Um. I mean, Cam Rising couldn't run. Did they put him out there? He made the decision not to put himself out there. Um. Because he knew that's what was best for the team. At what, and, and again, here's the question I ask about Elisa Tuiaki. At what point do we put the kids above the coaches? At what point do we say, hey, there's a bunch of dudes on this team who are never going to play in the Pac-12? You know, the never. Big 12. Or the Big 12, excuse me. They're never going to play in the Big 12 because they're not going to be here. They're going to graduate out of the program. What about those kids? Those kids actually matter. They're on the verge of a, of a of let's be honest, a five and seven season. You're not losing to, you know, everybody's favorite Dixie State, Utah Tech thing. You're not. But at what point do we stop playing favorites and do we stop damaging the program so that Elisa Tuiaki can have a job? 
Because that's what this has been. My biggest gripe with Kalani Sataki is he has allowed Elisa Tuiaki to run this defense into the ground. Yeah. It's that simple. The tackling thing, look, man, that's that's a that's a philosophical discussion. There's a lot of teams that don't hit. But I think as Gabe Judy Lolly told us on the show last night, it's not about hitting. It's a simple like we don't play the right angle. We don't take the right line. We got to do our jobs better. That's coaching. Yeah. That's coaching. Plain and simple. Um Jay Hill at Weber State is out there. Does is Jay Hill a member of the church? I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Like I, I mean, I I am not here telling you to replace Kalani Sataki. I'm not. He should not be fired. Kalani is has if one bad season gets a guy fired, then everybody would lose their job. I mean Seriously. It's one bad season. If you do five and seven again next year, if you get boat raced at home repeatedly by better teams next year, okay, then we got to have a conversation. But that's, you're not firing Kalani Sataki. Yeah. You are making significant changes on his coaching staff. And if he doesn't want to do that, well, yeah, then maybe you got to fire Kalani. Maybe you do. But you're not firing him right now. Yeah. You're not. You're just not. Uh, Tanner says you don't have to be a member of the church to become a coach at BYU. You do, actually. If you want to be the head coach at BYU, you got to be a card carrying member. Yeah. There's that's not even I've been told that repeatedly. I had a booster tell me a month ago that that's all that mattered to them. You got to be a member of the church in good standing to be a head football coach at BYU. Yeah. That's not even a conversation. I mean, coordinators don't have to be, but if you want to be a head coach, you have to be. No doubt. Uh, Mike Maple, yeah, exactly. Coordinators don't have to be members. Exactly right. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, Tanner, BYU Sports Nation have been critical of the play of BYU football. Well, I mean, they've been... I mean, it... sure, in I'm a not, sense. I'm not talking about being critical of play, right? I mean, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, what we're talking about is being honest about what's happening in the program. I think what we're talking about is mm-hmm. being being able to say, like... Program. Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah. Uh, what we're talking about is being honest about what's happening in the program. Thank you. Um, you know, like uh, it, it, it's not hard to see that there is a lot of dysfunction here. It's not like I, I think where I disagree with Kurt is I don't think you're ever going to hear BYU Sports Nation say that Kalani should be talked about in the replacing him conversation. I don't think you're ever going to hear that on BYU Sports They're Nation. owned and operated by the church yeah, of Jesus like, Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like who... you're, you're not going to hear that, you no. know? Like, you're not. And, and it's fine. I'm not saying that they're wrong for that. Like, hear me clearly. You need to understand that because they're owned by the church, you're not going to hear that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should inherently know that. Like that's it. That's just the reality of the situation. Like it's not some surprising thing. So that's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're sitting here expecting BYU sports nation to criticize the team or criticize, you know, like criticize the team the way we do, you're up in the night. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's just not. It, it, and, and you wouldn't expect it to. Yeah. And if they're not, again, I, I want to make sure because I don't want to hear, I don't want to see tweets or hear crap on Twitter about us saying that BYU Sports Nation sh- is doing a bad job. They're not doing a bad job. At they're all. doing their job yes. at a really high level. Like, so my point in this, not to get it confused, is that 
you're depending on what you're listening to, you know what kind of opinion you're going to get. If you're coming to our show, you know that we're just trying to be honest about what's happening and whatever the conversation is that we're having. The fact is BYU has major dysfunction in the program, whether whether it's Dallin Holker leaving, whether it's the fact that they weren't using Isaac Rex properly, the fact that you played Jaron Hall with the shoulder, like the fact that you can't run the football, the fact that Tuiaki's still your defensive coordinator, all these issues over and over and over again. So yeah, I do think that it's not wrong to have a conversation about Kalani, but at the same time, I also think it's very apparent that he is the guy for the job. And I think that replacing A-Rod and replacing Tuiaki is what I would do, but it's easy for me to say that, you know, sitting here. I'm not Kalani. I don't know these guys personally. I'm allowed to be sort of cold-blooded and clean-cut about I, I it. I think I would... <clears throat> I think I would simply replace Tuiaki. I would probably replace Ed Lamb. I think your linebackers have played well. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I we can t- we can have this conversation in January. Yeah. I mean, I, I think right now you need to you need to win six games. Well, I think the problem is is that people feel like January is now. People feel like the season's over. That oh, that's the, what, the, that, the, you know what I mean. But like, the season is over. Yeah. I mean, you're you're at a point now where you're just trying to get bull eligible. And I think it's going to be an uphill climb because I'm telling you, Boise, we were just in Boise this weekend. That town is Boise crazy. That town loves them some Boise State. Yeah. And the Grove Hotel was packed with Boise alums. I mean, yeah, that place was lit and they they won handily. Yeah. And they were playing nobody. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, The biggest stories in sports every morning brought to you by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. I have no idea. Lipstick. Apparently my car door looks like a canvas. Quick back. It's my saving grace. No one else needs to know the madness of my journey. Yeah, and I'm telling you the new quick quack in the uh, district, South Jordan. Um, off 114th spectacular. I was there yesterday. Uh, the guy was telling me, Hey, don't, don't forget our grand opening starts November 16th. The car wash is open. Now you can go through it's brand new. The tunnel is completely rebuilt. Uh, bring your kids. They have these great bright red lights down by the, uh, the rinse and dry. That's awesome. Um, but starting November 16th, they're going to have all kinds of prizes. Like the first hundred people, um, that come through starting November 16th, get a get a year's free car wash, I believe it is. How about that? Um, they're giving away t- for 12 days. Their top-tier car wash is going to be free. I mean, it, it's unbelievable what Quick Quack does. That is the nicest car wash I've ever been to, the one in the district. But all of their locations are really nice. They were busy yesterday, and I think I was there maybe three to five minutes. The line just moves really quickly. Um, we went to Boise, as I said, over the weekend, so I had bugs all over my car. Window was crystal clean. Um, I love that the back of my car is as clean as the front of my car. My wheels are clean. Like, it's just a good car wash at a good price, and it goes quick. A quick, quack car wash. Hey, real quick, uh, while we got you guys all here, one of the things that uh, we're trying to do is we are trying to adopt a family for Thanksgiving, um, and we're going to do another initiative over Christmas as well. But um, here's our program, and this is what we're asking you guys to do. DM us at The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show on Twitter or Instagram. Send me a DM. Nominate a family that needs help this this Thanksgiving season. We want to make sure that everybody has a great Thanksgiving meal. I mean, we'd love to help five to six families, but 
we would like to, to know families that need help so we can provide for them. You guys do such an amazing job of taking care of us. You guys go to places like Quick Quack. You go to places and use our promo code uh, like at Papa Murphy's, Barbecue Pit Stop, TridayTrading.com. Like you support our sponsors. We want to give back to you guys. So if you have friends, family, neighbors, people in church, if you know people that are struggling and they need help for Thanksgiving, please DM us and nominate that family. We'd like to help as many families as possible. And how we'd like to do that is through the tip jar on this show. You know, if you watch us on YouTube every day, you can donate to the show by clicking the tip button at the bottom of the screen. All of that money from here until the end of the year will be given to support families for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So what we would ask you to do is first, DM us on Twitter and Instagram, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, nominate a family, and then give us a tip, whether it's a dollar, $5, $100, all of it. Every single penny of it goes to help families. Um, and we'll make videos on it. We'll do videos, we'll show you the process, we believe in 100% transparency on the show. So just know that if you tip us um, through our tip feature on YouTube, all of that money is going into that. And I, again, if we can help five or 10 families through, through the tip jar and, and whatnot, we're absolutely gonna do that. But we wanna give back. You guys have supported us so righteously and so consistently. Yeah. I mean, we built the studio at Maverick Center. We've been able to really come through for our sponsors because you guys are doing that. So we want to give back. So just DM us, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Arlington Bear says, does YouTube take a cut? Not at all. 100% uh, of the tips you give us come to us. Yeah. Um, and previously, we were using those for infrastructures, for all the equipment, the studio, all that stuff. But now all of our tips from here to the end of the year are going to be given to uh, help provide for thanksgiving and christmas so no youtube does not get any of that money and they do give us a total like in the in the they give us like a dashboard that kind of tells us like all the stats and everything like that and they give us a total so we'll be able to sort of tally like where we're at um with it like i think i think what are we at like 15 dollars today i think or something like something that. like that yeah let me look i Let's can see. tell you Today on the show, we have $14.99. Yeah, see, so they tell us the exact numbers. So that, that, that's why we're saying that goes directly into, into the fund. So we're at $14.99. That's, that's where we're at. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, I think we have 1,200 views on the episode so far, whatever it is. Um, you know, that's if everyone donates $1, that's $1,200 that we're able to allocate to helping somebody so or helping a family, like we were saying. So that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Uh, Brett Stubb says, I miss the old set. Felt homey. I don't like the brick wall look. Seems like, uh, seems less comfortable. A brick wall look. I mean, that's why we have it wrapped. I mean, I can, we can, there's camera too. We can back up on this a little bit. Um, and we can kind of show you like it's an entire wall that's wrapped. It's a hundred percent local. You guys know we believe in being local. So, all those are, you know, obviously I don't have to tell you, Moab, the Utes, Farmington, the Grizzlies, all the sports teams are in white, all the different cities, monuments, obviously the Beehive logo. Like we really put a lot of time and effort into the design of this. Um, I mean, I, I know that it's a, quite a different look than what we had been doing previously, but I mean, I think, um, you know, that's what we... That's what, I mean, we, we're, we're uber local. That's what we really try to do. So I'm sorry if you don't like it. I mean, I know that it's quite a different look than what we used to have. Yeah, I like it. I love I it. I think it looks great. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, where's Real Salt Lake? 
I think in Sandy off of State Street, aren't they? Yeah, Rio Tinto Stadium. I, I Rio Tinto. I could be wrong, you know. Uh, Arlington Bears gives us $20. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Brett Stubbs says, I love that it's local. I just mean it looks like you were doing it from home before, which had a cool vibe. We were. We were. But I, I, and I can't remember who it was. One of the pissed off Ute fans was like, oh, you're doing it in your son's basement, you hey loser. Guys. Hey, guys. Well, actually, my son's a loser, so he doesn't have a basement. Right. It yeah. was in my basement. Right. Hello. Donnie, you're out of your element. Jeez. You know. Uh, thank you. And I think I, I think what you'll see too. Uh, what was it, Brent uh, saying that about Stubbs? Yeah, uh, Brent Stubbs. you know, I think what you're going to see is the thing is is like, yeah, sure, it, it felt homey, and I and I can respect that. But the other thing that we're able to do, and this is a, an important piece of the show, like we don't, we're not just saying that we want to do stuff in the community. Like we're really trying to do it. And I think one of the things that this studio lets us do, as you guys are going to see, is there are a lot. There are going to be a lot of opportunities for people to come by and to like, whether it's, you know, getting a lotto ticket or, or entering a contest or like, yeah. it allows us to do more with you guys. And that I think was kind of the, the emphasis and why we saved all the tip money and why we were building this pot of money to be able to, to, to build a studio in a hockey arena. Like that's, that's the cool crazy. Thing. Yeah. A hockey arena. The Salt Lake Stars play here, sir. Yeah. It's sorry. a multi-purpose, a multi-purpose facility venue. So there you go. Yeah, the stars play here. Arlington Bears, thank you so much for the tip. Barfing Chicken says ghetto side. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know what that means either. Uh, Ken Williams says, good morning all. Good morning, Ken. Good to see you. Uh, Hullabilly says, morning, boys. How about the wild versus black? Stop. Bonnie, please. There's no reason. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, RSL in the shadow realm where it belongs. And good morning, by the way. <laughs> the shadow realm. Ken, Ken Williams <laughs> says, it looks great, guys. Thank you. If Utah State is up on that wall, then RSL should be there. I promise you next time around, RSL will still be off the wall. It's the fucking I, Vernal Equinox. I promise. They will not be on the wall next time either. I, I, I promise you Let's that. Let's settle this you, right now. Tanner, you have my word. The Claret and Cobalt will never be. Yeah, go ahead and try me then. Love you, Tanner. Sorry, buddy. And I'm a and I'm a huge soccer fan. Tom Basilius says, "Go Utes." Uh, Jeff Johnson, hey guys, how about them Niners with McCaffrey? Let's go. Yeah, if we had done football at fifty last hour, you would have known. Christian McCaffrey became only the fourth player ever in the in his the entire history of the NFL to run one, throw one, and catch a touchdown. Yeah, one of the other guys to do that. The greatest player in the history of the world, Walter Payton. Yeah. It's my guy. So, yeah, Christian McCaffrey. The Rams are broken. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. BB says the Jazz should embrace the suck. I agree with that. Uh, Jazz and Memphis tonight um, is where that's going to go down. Um, Memphis should have John Morant back tonight. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. 234 is the number, 7 o'clock on some channel somewhere. Um <laughs> You know, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Are we too high on the jazz? I don't One know. One of I the commenters earlier said we were being too positive. Man, I, I mean, I, I don't think we're being too positive. I think that, again, they are due some positive comment. Like yes. they're working hard. They're winning games. Like, I, I, like, what do you want us to say? What do you, do you So would you rather us roll up on the show 
be like, yeah, they're five and two and they're overachieving expectations, but the world sucks and they should burn the organization to the ground even more than they have. Is that what you want? Like, is that what we're supposed to say? Like, yeah, I, I, I see a team that's working their ass off. I see a young head coach who's really trying to do his level best job. And I think he is doing a really good job so far. Yeah, it is seven games into the year. Yes, it is early on. I think we've said that, you know, many times that it, that it is, Hey, it's really early on. I said Friday that, that I'm really reticent to, to get too high on this team and say that they can break the 40 win ceiling. I'm not ready to say that yet because we are early on. I do have this strong belief that the scouting system and the scouting, you know, bank is being built on this team right now through some of these wins that people don't expect them to get. So yeah, I do think that teams are going to be, you know, better against the Jazz as the season wears on because they're going to know what to expect. But there is no scouting that's going to save you from no. Jordan Clarkson driving past you and swinging it to the to the weak side wing for for a three. Like that's basketball. Yeah, and then of course there's Kyle J who says, uh, how about Dak and Pollard torching the Bears? Fucking A. I mean... You know, people, I, I try, right? Like, I try to be a nice guy. Well, that's not true. I like being a jerk, but... Um, hey, guys. I try to be a nice guy on this show, right? Like, you know I'm a Bears fan. You say hurtful things, you know. Yeah, yeah. And kick a person when he's down. Yeah, they did torch the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields should learn the rules of tackle football in the National Football League. Yeah, Michael Parsons went and scored that touchdown. That's not what we're about. It is what it is. Uh, Tanner says, then I will sneak into the studio in the middle of the night and paint a massive RSL on the wall. Well. You do you, Tanner. We're not paying your bail. Uh, Harang N. Manoy says, watching from the Philippines. Good morning here in the Philippines. Good evening. Thank you, guys. Good luck, Jazz. Thank Appreciate you. you. Appreciate that. Uh, BB says, I can watch Victor Wambinyama videos anymore. It makes me sad, and we're playing way too good. But again, Victor Wambinyama. Listen, the stick figure known as Victor Wamba, your mama, is not going to win you a championship. Like, I, I, I've said this repeatedly. The guy is a phenomenal talent. Yes. He is a generational prospect. I don't disagree with that. He is not LeBron James. He is not Michael Jordan. No, he's not. He is not an all-time great. What he is is a freak of nature physically, and I have serious reservations about his ability to stay healthy. It's great that you can shoot it from 35 feet and snap the net. That is great. That is talent. No doubt about it. But what's not talent is a Liz Frank injury that he's inevitably going to get. What's not talent is the joint issues that he's inevitably going to have being as tall as he is like there's no it's, saying. Physi it's physics like it's not like i'm not hating on the kid it's legitimately physics that like it's not conjecture so that's what i'm saying like i know bb that you're someone who believes they should tank i know that you're someone who believes that they should lose every game possible and try to get their 14 percent chance to get vw i'm telling you that that's bad business. That's just not where this team's yeah. at. MGTV says, how about that boy, Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. And then we have that. I don't know. I, I There was a huge debate last night on Twitter about whether or not the Jazz made a mistake in trading him. I don't think they made a mistake. I think the Knicks made a mistake. I don't think the Jazz made a mistake in trading Donnie. I don't. That's I, a skippy. I, 
I mean, I, I think you look at what Don has done. We knew he was going to score 30 points a game. I don't think that's any secret. I'm for real. I think we also knew that Don was – Don's really a good player. I think we all knew that's why you I'm got the haul real. you got for him. Yeah, I mean, that's why you got the haul you got for him. Yeah. So I actually don't think it's it was some – you know, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I just – I think the biggest problem is you're in limbo right now for one season. I think next year they'd love to be top five teams in the West. Yeah, And I think they're showing that Will Hardy, if they can play this way through the All-Star break, I think Will Hardy has shown himself to be the fantastic hire we knew he was. Yeah, And Danny we trust, right? It, I mean, that just, that just is what it is. Uh, Jordan Brown says, go Utes from St. George. Jordan, what's there you up? Go. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Basile says, go Utes. Cheer, Jordan. Cheers, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, how about that pig farmer Barnes getting the Utes a W? How about that? Dude. There was a, a, can we stop with the, oh, Bryson Barnes is better than, uh, you know. Stop. Stop. Jaron Hall is a phenomenal quarterback. He is the best quarterback in Utah. With all due respect. Oh, Cam Wright. With all due respect. Uh-huh. Jaron, in my opinion, is the most NFL-ready quarterback. I think with all due respect. I think he's got the best legs. I think he's got the best arm. With all due respect. Bryson Barnes, that's an amazing story. It's something Bryson will never forget. Is he ever the starter at Utah? I don't know. I guess we'll find out, you know, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Tom Basile says team three seems like it was invented at BYU's school of awkward business. Wow. 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 Uh, it would help if you guys, it would help if the guys we traded were not all playing amazing. Well, oh, and then I, what's his last comment there too? The one above that, a couple up there. Uh, you're saying... We, he's already injured. 14% is better than 0%. Donovan traded. He is averaging 34 a game. Why, why? Well, I mean. Yeah, see, so, BB, you're, you're, you're frustrated. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of speaks and makes sense. So, you're frustrated and bitter about the fact that they traded Donovan and he's performing. I understand that. I don't blame you for that. I empathize with that. At the same time, let's not be irrational here. Let's not, let's not sit here. And, and think that, that Victor is going to be the saving grace of the Utah Jazz. I'm telling you, I would put money on the idea that, that VW doesn't last 30 games his first season. I, I'm telling you. Like, I think the kid is going to have injury issues his first season. Rookies, generally speaking, have big-time injury problems. Lonzo went through it. Zion went through it. Devin Booker went through it. Jason Tatum had a couple of issues. Like... Everyone goes through that. And I'm telling you, because the guy is 7'2", I think he is, officially listed at, when you're 7'2", and, you know, low 200 pounds, I think he's, like, listed officially at 203 or whatever it is. Like, you, like, that is an amazing body, but also a high-risk body. Like, there's no getting around that. I just don't, I don't understand why you want to lose games and have very little chance to get VW. I, that, it still doesn't make sense for me. You know, like it, it just it like you can seal your fate by trading up in the draft. You can get a hundred percent certainty that that yeah. hey, we want to get to let let's just use number five overall, just as an arbitrary example. Hey, we we want to get to the fifth pick in the draft because we see a guy after these four guys that we really feel like with this group and Will Hardy will make a big difference. You can get that with 100% certainty by trading up. Yeah. Why would you lose all these games? It, it just, to me, it just is not. And by the way, we haven't even gotten into the financial implications of tanking. 
Like we haven't even talked about that. We haven't even scratched that surface. Which Look I at how good the building has been. Look how excited. I think that crowd on Saturday night was one of the best crowds that we've seen this year. Yeah. Probably the best crowd we've seen this year. That was a playoff crowd. I mean, that was a really, Beasley hit that three and the roof came off that place. Like fans are excited. Fans are engaged. The yellow uniform's amazing. I really like the yellow uniform. Yeah. Like everybody's engaged and happy. What What is there to complain about? I, I, I don't understand this want or this desire to live in misery. Like you just, you can't do it. There's too much good happening around this jazz team right now to be this negative. Don't be this, don't be that guy, man. Like it, it, it's not easy to rebuild. I understand that. I, I, if you've watched this show for any modicum of time, you know, I, I was not a fan of the Don trade. That's right. T. I would not have traded him, but you did. And now you're winning. So how can you complain about that trade? Yeah. Is he kicking ass for the Cavs? He is the team who should be complaining is the New York Knicks. Yeah. That's a team that could be contending in the East this year if they had acquired Donovan Mitchell. They chose not to over a guy in Quentin Grimes who hasn't played a game this year yet. Yeah. I mean, it's it's remarkable to me that we want to find the negativity in everything. You can't do that. Yeah. This team is too good. This team is too, too good. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, Cam Rising is the best injured quarterback in the state. Okay. I'm telling you, Jaron Hall is the best quarterback in the state. I don't – what's the argument even behind Jaron Hall? I mean, I don't know. Wait, what do you mean? Like, what would be the argument to put Cam Rising – like, talent-wise, he's the most talented. I think the argument from the Utah side or Ute fan side is that Cam Rising, you know, obviously came in after quarter quarterback and took him to the Rose Bowl and, like, did did a bunch of winning. And, and, and I think the problem is the, the conversations being had – from two different perspectives as as it usually is in sports conversations like i'm i'm saying and we're saying that you know jaron hall is the best quarterback in the state from the perspective of the nfl like jaron hall can play nfl football yes i don't i don't have any doubts about that cam rising i think on the other hand is an interesting conundrum i think cam has great arm strength i wonder if he has the athleticism i certainly think he's got the mental ability and that's why I'm saying, like, I think it's close. I, I think Jaron for the NFL game pans out better than Cam does. I think Cam is is everything you'd want a college quarterback, but I don't know if his game necessarily translates to the NFL level. That's what I wonder. Now, is Cam rising on a better team? By far. Yeah. Is Cam rising playing in more meaningful games? By far. Is he a better quarterback than Jaron Hall? No, he's not. It, does he have grittiness and toughness and moments where he's unbelievable yes that doesn't make cam cam rising a better quarterback than jaron hall it doesn't all of our utah jazz talk on the monty show is presented by our good friends at trydaytrading.com slash monty trydaytrading.com uh i say this every day that you have nothing to lose by going to triday trading do you know what day trading is do you know that being a day trader is a prolific income. You have tax strategies now um, in the tax accounting field specifically dedicated to the growth and explosion of day trading because you have so many people that are doing it. The IRS now has shelters and, and rules and laws in place to benefit those who use 
day trading as a supplemental and a primary income. If you're the guy this morning that's like, oh man, it's 7.43 and I got to go to work. My job sucks. What are we doing? You know. Get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Sign up for the free webinar. It's no obligation. It's a free webinar. It costs you nothing. Watch the webinar and make a decision. See, that's all I'm asking you to do. Watch a free webinar and then make a decision. And if you decide after you watch that webinar, nah, day trading's not for me. Okay, great. But I think what you're going to see is when you watch that webinar, you're going to want more information. Because the, the folks at Try Day Trading, they're going to teach you how to day trade at a very high level. They're going to mentor you. You're going to get coaching. They're going to be partners with you. And your first trades are with their money, not your money. And if you make money trading Triday's money, they're going to give you 50% of the profit at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Proud sponsors of all of our Utah Jazz Talk right here on the Monty Show. Triday Trading slash Monty. And I'm serious. Yeah. If you hate your job and you are driving to work this morning, listening to this show or working at home, hating your job, what do you have to lose? Thrive, man. Go on the vacations, own the home and the cars. Do, do the things you've always wanted to do by going to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. All right, let's uh, get a couple more comments in uh, football at 50 in six minutes. Uh, Macho Man Savage says, BYU hit rock bottom last Friday by losing to East Clown University. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that field goal hurt. There's no yeah. doubt about it. We were watching that game and, and just looking at, I mean, you, you played better defensively. There's no doubt BYU was improved defensively, right? I, I don't think anybody doubts that. You still had tackling issues. And at the end of the day, I, I, it wasn't the field goal that beat you. It was, the, it was the tackling that beat you. And I think Peeney played a really good game at running back. Um, I mean, I, I don't love the way the play calling offensively. I really don't. I, I still maintain that that's my biggest gripe with A-Rod is his play calling. But, I mean, your 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 season's lost now. I mean, your highest best result here is probably five and seven. Yeah. If we project forward, probably five and seven. You got a bye week coming up. I mean, you need that desperately. But, I mean, to me, you could easily have, and this is just my opinion again, you could easily have, won probably two or three of these games and you just didn't and you just didn't because you didn't tackle well and this goes back to this conversation about Kalani Sataki are we really having a conversation about firing Kalani Sataki because I'm here to tell you we're not there there is no conversation to be had about firing Kalani that's just not like what is the point of that conversation right now like, do you really feel like, oh, yeah, we got to fire Kalani. That's the right thing to do. We, we have to do it. Do you really think firing Kalani Sataki fixes your issue? Because replacing Kalani, I think, is going to be a huge problem. I think that's going to be very difficult to do. So talking about firing Kalani is, is a non-starter for me. Now, you want to make significant changes on his coaching staff? All right, let's have that conversation. Is Eli, uh, Eli Satuiaki on his way out? He better be. You know, is Ed Lamb on his way out? Probably. I mean, it was nice to see Jake Oldroyd actually make a kick over the weekend. But Kalani Sataki is the exact right guy for this job. He's the exact right guy to lead you into the Big 12. So I, I am not here for the fire Kalani conversation. Yeah. I'm, ju I, I'm just not. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, uh, no one to replace him with. I, I think there's guys to replace Kalani with. You just don't need to replace him right now. 
You just don't. Uh, Ken Williams says, BYU is in trouble. This is all coaching. You got to do something. You have to have significant changes on his coaching staff. That much is very clear. Tom Basili says, the, this Utah team is Groundhog Day. Seem like the Utes are headed through a gauntlet to the Rose Bowl. Lots of tough games left, though. Rose Bowl might get Alabama. 08 repeat would be phenomenal. Would be phenomenal. Absolutely. Boyd Lake says, bad clock management didn't help. BYU saved their timeouts to ice the kicker rather than keep some time to at least try and get down the field for a field goal. Well, I, just, I felt like watching that sequence, you were just never going to be in a position to get down the field. The offense, were you confident if you got the ball back with 20 seconds, 30 seconds, that you would have been able to march down the field? I was not. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you needed I – th- I, I don't know. You know, we'll see. I, I mean, that's one of those philosophical things. Uh, Samo, Samoan Lot. Good morning, Mr. Lot. Sup, casuals. We miss y'all at Vaza Sunday mornings. Yeah. You know, I hurt my knee the last time I played basketball at Vaza. Um, I don't know what I, what I exactly did. I just hurt my knee. So uh, we went to Hawaii for two weeks after that. And it's gotten better, but it's just not in a place to... It's not a place to ball out right now. Mm-hmm. Like I got snowboarding coming up and it's just been a, it's been a grind and it's way better now. I can, I can say like it's, it's healed. Having a hot tub at home is a life hack. We sat in the hot tub last night and absolutely it was amazing. It was 40 degrees out. We're in like a hundred degree water. It, oof, it's the greatest thing ever. But uh, yeah, we, we miss playing ball. I love playing basketball. Just got to get my knee right. That's all it is. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, uh, morning, guys. That jazz game was awesome. Uh, if we can get uh, tonight's game, I will be even more impressed. So will I. Oh, actually, Samuel Lot had more to say. He says, jazz fans wanting the jazz to take and lose shows how weak-minded they are. The jazz are doing it right. Strength in, uh, strength in the team is team. Go Utes. Yeah, I think you're exactly I think they. I think the jazz are doing it right. Yeah. I, I think a hundo P. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says no one to replace him with. I read that one already. Jeremy Bolton, uh, the running down the clock at the end of the first half had almost three minutes left in the first half was baffling to me. Yeah, I don't, what is the mindset of the coaching staff? And I'm usually not a, what's your mindset after this loss coach? Right. But like, where are you? If you're anybody on this coaching staff, where are you confidence wise with this team? I don't know how you can be high. I don't know how you can call aggressive plays or aggressive strategies. I mean, if you're Utah, I it was so impressive to me that with Bryson Barnes, they were just, I mean, they were throwing the ball. I mean, he's, we have a, there's a quarterback out there, right? Okay, we're going to throw the ball. Like, that's how you should do it. It still amazes me that, that A-Rod calls plays at BYU for, for what I feel like sometimes is a completely different offense. It drives me crazy. I I, yeah. I I just don't understand it. It doesn't drive me as crazy as missing football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Well done. Jake is a, is a known hack on this show. Yeah. Missed football at 50 last hour. Right. Football at 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your order of $25 or more. Make sure you get the take and bake chocolate chip cookies. My God. Now, even though I got screwed out of them last weekend, okay, that's this coming not true. weekend I will not get screwed that's out. That's not of them. true. That will not happen. Uh, did you guys see this brawl at Michigan State? 
Michigan, Michigan State. Multiple Michigan State players have now been suspended after they were caught on tape violently attacking two Michigan players in the tunnel. But there are people talking about how this should be a police investigation. Come on, dude. Your football player's in a tunnel, man. This happens regularly. We don't call the cops. This feels like one of those woke, hey, let's do that thing, thing. We're not calling the cops on this. The kids got suspended. I think we you move on after this. Yeah, I, I, I think it's classic, you know, Michigan, Michigan State rivalry. They hate each other. We're going to beat the living hell out of a Michigan player for coming into our, you know, tunnel or whatever. Or, you know, like, it just, it's what happens in football sometimes. And I think that whether we're talking about, you know, Aaron Donald at practice or, you know, Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph, like it happens in football, man. And I think that, you know, you you, you have these rivalries and sometimes it goes too far. Like I, I like that's just the truth of it. If this happened in the parking lot, we're having a different conversation. But it didn't. They were all still suited up. It happened in the tunnel, like like it, it just I just don't think it's it's something that the police need to be involved in. I think it's something that that we we as sports fans need to understand that it happens. Like it, this is this is sports. Like there's going to be times when people get their ass kicked in the tunnel. There's going to be times yes. when when the, when the head coach of a team or the manager or the guy in charge takes his guy into the tunnel and shoes his ass out. Like that is sports. I agree. Who's the best sophomore quarterback in the NFL? Um, a lot of quarterbacks went at the top of the NFL draft last year. Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Zachy Poo. Who you got? Trevor Lawrence or, or Zach Wilson? Um, man, that's tough. I, I feel like I feel like Zach is growing and showing some potential. But you I, do? Yeah, I do. I feel like he is growing. I, it is taking time, and he is costing them games. There's no question about that. But I think what Trevor Lawrence went through with Urban in his first season and now to come back, you know, and be, you know, be, you know, good, be a good quality starting quarterback yeah. in the league, like, I think you have to go with him. I I don't agree with you at all on this. I actually think that um, I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. And I know this is not going to be popular, but I think Zach Wilson has largely regressed. I think he has regressed significantly. And I look at Trevor Lawrence, and I look at, at the way he's grown. I think Trevor Lawrence has actually gotten vastly better this year. And I think Zach Wilson continues to play hero ball. And you look at what he's like under pressure. I mean, he is erratic under pressure, which had been his hallmark. But I, I don't know, man. I, I, I really worry about Zach Wilson's long-term viability in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think mean, he's a backup quarterback right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right now he is. But but I also think, like, this this conversation around development is really interesting because I feel like the Jets, like, a lot of people are saying the Jets are a quarterback away from being, like, a really they are. good team. And, and that's the trouble. I, I think that's why Zach doesn't have an excuse because he's on a good team this year. And I think that... You know, Trevor Lawrence is, is, like I was saying, with everything that he went through in his rookie season with Urban Meyer and that debacle, to come back and, and, and get a new head coach and a new system and, like, really bounce back, I think that's why you have to give Trevor Lawrence the nod. I, but I wonder, you know, what is 
like what is Zach Wilson going to be able to do to fix the under pressure then? Because I agree, he does. He is. I mean, the I mean that ball, is he, a that ball he threw back over the middle. Come on. Yeah, I mean that's a cardinal sin in the NFL. You can't do but that. But I, I also think he's better than a Justin Fields. I think he's better than a. You know, is is Zach Wilson better than Mac Jones? Uh, uh, no, he's no. Not. I think he's Mac not. Jones is probably better. Yeah. But I look at the guy who's probably the best quarterback in that class is probably Davis Mills. Right of Houston. I, I don't know. I think that these second-year quarterbacks in the NFL, including Zachy Poo, I think it's becoming a real problem now. Because Trevor Lawrence, if he con continues on this trajectory, he'll be the best guy. I don't even know that Mac Jones ever starts another game for New England. Yeah, I think so, it's <laughs> – I mean, that's what happens when you suffer an injury and then another guy comes in. Like, I think Mac – the problem is, is Mac was – clearly good enough to play in the NFL, but not good enough to be like dynamic must-start guy. That's the problem. He's in that gray area. I think Mac Jones is good enough to be a serviceable starting quarterback. Yeah. I don't know. Am I, am I making too much out of uh, Zach Wilson? I, I think there's a real good chance he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I, it's I, I can't definitively say that yet. I think, yeah, you're probably right that you know, if unless he somehow figures out how to be better under pressure and like throw on the run and basically do what he was able to do at BYU, I think that that's going to be tough for him. But but at the same time, he's got all the talent to do it. So it's like what you know what what's going to take place. That's uh, that's what everyone's waiting for. Yeah, you got to do better than fifty four percent completion. Yeah, I mean you got to be a sixty eight seventy percent completion guy, and Zach's not. I mean, and I look at some of his numbers. I mean, three touchdowns and five picks, 10 sacks. Yeah. That's not on the Jets. That's on Zach Wilson. Like, I, I yeah, I worry about his long-term viability. I do. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, any QB on the Jets team has a very low longevity. I disagree. I think they're actually moving in the right in the right direction. You know, like uh, Boyd Lake says, hero ball hurts Zachy Poo the most. Yes, it does. I agree with that absolutely, 100%. Uh, Tom Basile says Jags and Jets are young. Neither team is really terrible. Honest, big futures. Yeah, I think the Jets are headed in the right direction. The question is, is Zachy Boo the guy to take him there? I think that's a, I think that's a huge question mark um, for for the for the Jets. I, I think it's a, right now. I think it's a huge problem for them. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, it's the biggest question mark you have on the roster. I think that. You know, when, when your fan base and most pundits are saying you're a quarterback most away. Most pundits. Yeah. Most people, most most guys or gals that talk the league and cover the Jets, like, when they're saying that, you know it's a problem. Well, I also think they're saying that you should use promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. 911, what's your emergency? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, we traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven. Papa Murphy's. There you go. 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Let's get you rolling here on the Monty Show presented by uh, our good friends at The Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business are The Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. Again, I can just say, if you're wondering, do I need an attorney? Yeah, you need an attorney. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Get to the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Chat with them for free online right now. You never pay them in advance. There are no consultation fees. There are no retainers. 
You talk to them, they handle your case, you get back to living your best life at utahadvocates.com. I think there's no doubt the biggest story in sports this morning is this new Pac-12, Big 12 battle over TV rights, and the Big 12 certainly seems to have won this time because we found out yesterday that the Big 12, ESPN and Fox, have an agreement in term uh, about a new TV deal. And while no TV deal is signed, there's not pen on paper. They have an agreement on the money. It's a $380 million deal that at the end of the day, when all is said and done, could be a total rights deal of $51 million per school per year. And Jake, I think this is a huge win for the Big 12. And before we get into how this happened in the minutia of that, I think the bigger story here is what does the Pac-12 do and what went wrong with the Pac-12 network? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the story of the Pac-12 network begins, you know, with, you know, five to seven years ago with, you know, Larry Scott and, and everything that was that went wrong there. Like, you know, we so we, we go to Pac-12 Media Day, you know, five, you know, five years ago or whatever that was, 2018, 2017. I can't remember the exact year. And, you know, you start to sit down with Larry Scott and you start to understand that Larry is a guy who, you know, says all the right things, right, and, and puts together great thoughts and great, great opinions and great ideas, but then you never really get the, the execution and the, and the fruits of those labors. So at, at Pac-12 Media Day five years ago, we were told that there was a DirecTV deal coming. We were told that there was a streaming deal coming, that, that, that the Pac-12 was going to get a bigger you know, more encompassing large picture distribution deal. And so that was an exciting time. Five years go by and we have nothing. We don't have a distribution deal. We we just still have the Pac-12 network. We just still have, you know, what we have today. And I think the big issue here when big deals like this come around for other conferences like the Big 12 and the Big 10 and, and even ESPN with the SEC is, is that the Pac-12 is left in a position where there's not a whole lot new that they can do. I, I, I look at the position they're in, and I look at some of the comments that George Klyovkov has made over the past probably, you know, six, eight weeks, you know, somewhere in that timeline, and it really hammers home the message that George Klyovkov is not somebody who is going to usher the Pac-12 into, you know, a proper future, a future where schools like Oregon and Stanford and, you know, your, maybe even your Oregon states are still in the conference. You know when the Mountain West is talking about, you know, trying to pick up Oregon State and, and, and Washington State. You know you're in trouble. And that, to me, is the most bothersome thing. I, I, I look back and I think to the, the Pete Carroll and the Reggie Bush USC Pac-10 days. And while, yes, there was debauchery, yes, there was issues behind the scenes, there was cheating and scandals and $150,000 duffel bags sitting in Reggie Bush's hotel room. Like when, when those type of things happen, you know, my point is with that is that the Pac-10 at that time was really healthy. They were the best conference in the land. And now the regression because of the Pac-12 network, because of everything that you haven't done is, is, is really sad because you have places like Los Angeles, you have places like the Bay Area and Berkeley, and like you have all these amazing geographical spots that places like, with all due respect, Stillwater doesn't have, right? <laughs> with all with all due respect, the Midwest doesn't have, and and yet you're still here. Well, you're listen, still. I I think when you go back over the history of the Pac-12, 
I think there is no doubt that Larry Scott's a huge problem in this conference. He will live in infamy because Larry Scott was the beginning and I think he was the end. And I think George Klyovkov didn't do a good job coming in and, and building what, what he had. I think he slow-footed things. I think the biggest difference, and now you can compare apples to apples, you have an, a window where the Big 12 opened negotiations and they got a deal done. The Pac-12 opened negotiations and they didn't get a deal done. Didn't happen. And why did it go that way? Because the Pac-12 steadfastly said, we're worth $50 million per school per year. And the answer is, no, you're not. You're not. You don't have the numbers to back that up. You don't have the membership to back that up. Especially once USC torpedoed you and took UCLA to the Big Ten, you were never in this game. And the bigger issue is, you didn't do what Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, did, which is go on a barnstorming tour and get your membership in lockstep. Now, you told us that's the case, but if that were the case, really, would we be hearing about Oregon and Washington and Cal and Stanford going to the Big Ten? No, we probably would not. We have not heard a substantial corroborated rumor about a Big 12 member leaving. And, and with all due respect to John Canzano, he's not, a, he, he's not a guy that you can believe. All due respect. Because he's a guy that has pandered and kowtowed to the Pac-12 for years now. Because that's who pays his, his, his bills, right? Yes. So it makes it very difficult to believe that. You have not had one substantial corroborated rumor of a, you know, like Texas Texas school we've heard all about. Why would Texas Tech leave the Big 12 to go to the Pac-12? Why? Why would you do that? They don't have a TV deal. The Big 12 does. Like, this is a very difficult situation. And I think the bigger story here is the how that this went down. You heard that Brett Yormark came into the conference and he said, we're open for business. And then all of a sudden, the next major move was not expansion. People began to question that. But what was the next major move? The next major move was the Big 12 going out for their TV rights. And what happened almost right away now, in a very short window in time, the Big 12 has come to an agreement in principle with ESPN and Fox Sports. Now, how did that happen? Because I'm told that ESPN encouraged the Big 12 to come to market sooner and aggressively to get a TV rights deal done. And that's exactly what they did. And I think ESPN has played a major role in the reshaping of college football TV and, and distribution rights. And you look at how this deal is structured. This deal is 60% Big 12 football inventory is on ESPN and ABC. And why is that? Because Fox Sports had a far larger appetite for college basketball and specifically the Big 12. And I think from what I understand and what sources have told me, ESPN saw an opportunity and a big one that they liked with the Big 12. They encouraged them to come out early. When they did come out early, ESPN acted aggressively. And I think ESPN was fine giving up some more of the Big 12 basketball rights in exchange for 60% of the football inventory, including tier one rights that give them the right to the biggest games during the season. And they now have the ability to match make with the SEC and the Big 12 
to put those big games together in the preseason. It gives them more leverage over Bulls that ESPN already owns. This deal is a win-win for the Big 12 and for ESPN. And I also think it's a win-win for Fox Sports, who gets far more of the best basketball conference in the country currently in the Big 12, because Fox Sports already has the Big 10. They didn't need more football. They needed more basketball, and they I got it. it. But here's the other interesting part of this. ESPN in is pulling the strings in the the what's the realm of streaming. They already have ESPN Plus. But what they've done is they have changed their their stance on Amazon. Most people in this business are looking at Amazon as an adversary. ESPN has embraced the fact that Amazon is not only coming, Amazon's here. Amazon is a billion dollar quarterly company. They're coming for you. If you are not going to embrace them and you're going to compete with them, they're going to win. Because unlike ESPN, Amazon doesn't have to answer to Disney shareholders. Amazon doesn't have to answer to ABC shareholders. Amazon answers to Amazon. They fly penis-shaped rocket ships to the moon. Do you, really, do you really think they should be taking Amazon lightly? Well, at ESPN, they're not. They've embraced Amazon. They understand that. And you can see that because ESPN does not have third-tier streaming rights for the Big 12. In fact, the streaming rights for the, the Big 12 and third-tier rights for the Big 12, the only person who's got those are Brett Yormark. Those belong to the conference. Third-tier rights were taken away from the schools. They are now with the conference, which allows a guy like Yormark in the Big 12 to go out and negotiate a streaming-only deal with a company like Amazon, who came out last week and straight up said, we want college football on our stream. The deal's going to get done. I don't think it's a matter of if, Jake. I really think it's a matter of when Amazon gets a streaming deal. Yeah, and I, and I think this conversation about the grant of rights process is really fascinating, too, because now... You know, now that you you've you've essentially got a deal on paper, now it's time to take that deal to the schools and get everybody on board and, and make sure that all the schools sign that and, and, and approve it. And then once you have that, you're pretty much rolling because that's kind of to me the the final step. And I think Amazon it is a juggernaut. Like, yeah, the problem is is Amazon, you know, is in a situation where. They pick up Thursday night football, and I just want to use this as an example. Sure. They pick up Thursday night football. They then have audio issues, right? There's some issues. Like, we all complained about it. We talked about it. They still did 13 million views. They still they still crushed expectations. And they're still crushing expectations. Yeah. Because they're evolving. Yeah. And so I think that's what Amazon does. Amazon rolls out a new thing. They, they, they may have some issues with it, but they're able to fix it and it becomes a nice product. I still maintain, and I say this every time we talk about it, Amazon's biggest hurdle, NFL, college football, cricket, ping pong, whatever sport you're watching, right? The biggest issue ping Amazon pong. is going to face, excuse me, table tennis. Thank you. Um, the biggest issue they're going to face is that the consumer is still heavily invested in products like DirecTV, or for any of you casuals, Dish Network, right? And you have to go to the Amazon app to 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 view their content. That, I think, is the biggest hurdle. Other than that, I don't think you have anything standing in your way. But is that a hurdle? I think it's a hurdle. I think it's just inconvenient. I think it's 
it, it, it isn't like it, you got to, you know, solve some math equation to find the Amazon app, but it is, it is inconvenient. But if you, if you're a jazz fan, yeah, you have trouble finding their games, right? If you are a BYU fan next year mm-hmm. or in 2025, excuse me, when this deal starts and let's say your game is on Amazon that week, are you going to have any trouble knowing that or finding that? You're not. Right. And is it a pain in the ass that you can't flip around? You know, like, I, 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 sure. Do I have to go from TV to my stream and smart TV? I do. I absolutely do. Do I like that? No, I don't. I don't like it at all. Yeah. But the facts are the facts. And I think it's one of those things where you really, I don't know. I just don't think that's that big of a deal. Justin Solace gives us a $50 tip. Hey, hey, appreciate that. He says, really appreciate you guys helping out the community. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, uh, we talked about it earlier that we'd really like to help some families for Thanksgiving. um, And we're going to do that, you know, in that we want you to nominate people. And I've got a couple of people who've DM'd me. If you know of a family that's struggling and you don't think they're going to be able to provide or you know that they're not or it's your sister or it's your neighbor or it's your, you know, somebody you go to church with, please nominate them and put us in touch with them and, and let us try to help them for Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I know that in this, you know, in this town, it, it, it can be very difficult to provide when you have, you know, a lot of kids and a big house and got mortgages and the economy. Let us step in and try to fill that gap um, because we want to get back to you guys. You've done such a good job supporting the show. So, what we're asking you to do is DM us at The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show on Twitter or Instagram. DM us. Um, nominate a family and then give us a tip here on YouTube. All of that money will be used to provide those meals. The money you tip us with goes right back into, hey, you know, providing Thanksgiving meals. We're also going to do a big Christmas push as well. Um, so any tips you give us go straight to uh, that process. It does not go to YouTube. That money comes directly to us. Uh, because we are in the, the uh, content creator program here at YouTube. Um, so all that money goes right to us. So please help us do that. Give back to the community. Without you guys, we wouldn't be sitting here at Maverick Center, frankly. So And by the way, we can track the amount that we have because I want I want to I want everyone to know that's very transparent, but like we're we're gonna like it they tell us exactly how much we have. So like every day we can update you on the number we have and where we're at and the more that people contribute, the more that we're able to do for whether it's one family or, or if we are inevitably able to help, you know, a bunch of families like that would be obviously that the more we can help, the more, you know, obviously we will. Yeah, I, I agree. So I really appreciate that. Um, and we really appreciate you guys helping us out here on the Monty show, uh, presented by our good friends at the advocates, utahadvocates.com. But I think the other thing, um, that is so interesting about ESPN's perspective on Amazon and, and really this whole thing. I, I think it just goes to show you that ESPN was a company that was slow to assimilate. They were slow to adjust to a, the streaming platforms. And I, I think they're now the industry leader on it. I mean, it, it's, it's just not close. I think they are so heavily invested in streaming on ESPN Plus with things like the UFC. I've watched basketball. I've watched college football. Like, I mean, it, ESPN Plus is fabulous but that they embrace Amazon not just as a competitor, but as somebody that is pushing the genre forward, I think is a really smart play. Because I do think that, that Amazon is going to be inventive. I do think that Amazon is, is gonna be on the cutting edge of what's next in streaming. 
And I think the way they do Thursday night football has been really good. They give you that channel that's got, you know, stats provided by Amazon AWS where they could talk about the speed of a guy and the trajectory and Thanks. I mean, it's really incredible what Amazon is doing and they are pushing the innovation bar up and up and up and higher and higher when it comes to sports. And I think the fact that ESPN's gotten on board with that really speaks volumes. And if the Big 12 gets to $50 million, $51 million per school per year, which is what most people are projecting, I mean, the Pac-12 is done. That, that to me, is the bigger story, and it just is completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's a sad, it's a sad fall, but I think... You know, this this is the price you pay, and I and I and I think that you know it's I I even if you had the best commissioner in the world, I'm not sure that today there's any saving the Pac-12, honestly. Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, I think it's just fascinating the way the game is changing. Like I I just I cannot say it enough. It is fascinating the way the game is changing. I mean, the way that we are going to use our cell phones the way that we're going to use our smartphones is completely different now. And I look at social media and I look at, you know, like look at TikTok. Look how, mm. look how invasive your mobile phone is yeah. right now. I mean, if you, if you think about your mobile phone and you think about the way that it, that it is in, impacting your life right now, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's remarkable to me that that is the situation that we're in. Yeah. And it's the way we get our news, the way we watch TV, the way we stay connected, the way we do social media, the way we order food, though. I mean, everything. Yeah. Like I use my iPhone to map my way up to Boise this weekend. I use my, you know, phone to take pictures, video. Like, I mean, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. And I, it's, it's remarkable to me that there are people who don't want to embrace that. Yeah. Fox Sports being a big one, by the way. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I look at the Pac-12. The Pac-12 doesn't embrace that whatsoever. The only people in our state that truly embrace that is BYU. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I mean, as a, as a sports property, everything they do is tailored for digital and mobile. And I don't understand why if you are a professional, and let's be honest, Utah, the Utah Utes and the BYU Cougars are professional sports teams. Yeah. I, if you're a professional sports team in this town, you have to embrace streaming. You have to embrace the digital. You have to embrace yeah, the it's phone. The way. It's the way. It's it's the beginning and the end. Let's get some of your comments in here. Brett Burnett says, Netflix should compete for rights so we can force Amazon into a streaming bidding war. You don't force Amazon into anything. Yeah. Like I look at this situation with Amazon. Amazon essentially has said, here are our numbers. Do you want to do business with us or not? <laughs> That's it. Because Amazon, Amaz you don't force Amazon into doing anything. With all due respect. I mean, Amazon's head of sports content last week said, we're going to be involved in the NBA. We're going to be involved in Major League Baseball. And we're going to be involved in college football. There is no, she, she straight up said, there is no limit to what we can stream. Yeah. That's amazing to me. You know, like I just, I, I don't, do you want to say something? Whoa. Hey, now. Go right ahead. <laughs> I was trying to get in. <laughs> um, no, hi. Wow. Okay. I don't know what the camera's looking at. I don't know either. We are, we are way out of whack on the camera today. Hello. 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 Hey. Oh, past you. Oh, oh. And now it totally reset. There's our sign, by the way. Hey, there's our studio. Hello. Hi. <laughs> 
That was wacky. You hit one wrong button and it all goes to heck in a handbasket. There you are. What what did you want to say? The thing about, you know, people are saying like, have Netflix get in this bidding war. Amazon has invested years of putting together the ability to do a sports broadcast. Yes. Because it's not just as easy as say, hey, let's stream it on Netflix. So I, I think people need to understand there's no like, hey, Netflix get in a bidding war. They would have needed a couple of years to build that up. And they are good at being a production studio for film and television, but they they don't have the infrastructure in order to put together a live broadcast sports totally agree. event. It's just not their deal. That's just not what they do. And Amazon has spent several years working up to that. So Yeah. I think it I think it's really surprising to me anyways that so many people think this is just something you do and it's super easy and it's not super easy and it's not super cheap. It is so expensive. And I think that's why ESPN has had you know, I think you want to talk about somebody that's been forced. ESPN has been forced into getting into ESPN Plus, ESPN Streaming, which is why you saw the deal they made with the UFC. I think it's why you see that they have tried to do exclusive events and it's it's the only avenue to reach the amount of consumers you need to reach to really make money. Like, I mean, if you look at, and, and people in the comments, tell us where you watch this. Like, are you watching this on your phone? I'm curious what you guys think because I... I think if you're not on phone and tablet, you're just not you're not doing the job. Well, and I think you're not reaching the next generation. That's the biggest thing. Like I, I, I think you know we heard, and I think we still have it. Uh, Brett Yormark last week saying that you know Amazon is is particularly valuable in the sense that it gets to the younger generation, and that and that to me is is what football needs to be caring about. I mean, we had you know, and the two a concussion stuff was going down. One of the main points that everyone was making is like. Why would parents let their young ones play football? And I think that's that next generation conversation, whether it's streaming or concussions or whatever, I think is at the forefront now with what Amazon's trying yeah, to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I, I think you look at this story. This is why I think this story is the biggest story in sports, man. I think that um, this deal with, with the Big 12 and, and Fox and, and ESPN is absolutely the, the trendsetter because – the fact and third tier rights, which means, hey, you know, like the, the, the lower schedule, you used to be able to see that on BYU TV, for instance, or those days are over. They're done. It's over. Like you are now going to get the conference giving their games to the Amazons of the world. And I think it's only a matter of time before that happens. And I think, you know, listen, when we talk about these stories, by the way, the biggest stories in sports brought to you by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Uh, again, get to the one at the district in South Jordan. It's brand new. It's beautiful. Um, and starting November 16th, their top tier wash is going to be free. Um, so make sure you go and check it out. They're open now, but their grand opening event starts on the 16th. And Mrs. Monty and I went through what they say the first hundred people. First hundred people through on the 16th will win, uh, We'll get gift bags. Yeah. And then um, throughout that two-week period, they'll be doing drawings for um, a full year of car washes. All kinds of great yeah. things. Yeah. I mean, get there to the Quick Quack Car Wash in South Jordan at the district. Uh, make sure you tell them the Machi Show sent you there. But uh, I want to play the spite from Brett Yormark because I do think this is really important. When you listen to, to the commissioner of the Big 12 
last week at UCF talking about streaming. How do you look at streaming as part of the television packages you're creating? I think streaming is critically important. It's a way to reach younger consumers. Um, uh, but I think right now, my goal is to be on the broadest base platform possible because we need to grow some of our emerging brands. We, we need to distribute the Big 12 uh, as broadly as possible. Uh, but there's a place for that digital player. And, you know, currently with ESPN, we have Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. And as we continue the conversations with ESPN, I know there's a commitment um, to glamorizing us and showcasing us in the biggest way possible on their digital platform. And you'll see that in advance of any kind of extension, because uh, we've got two more years after this one on our current deal. So digital plays a key component, and it's part of the mix. Yeah, it absolutely is part of the mix. I, 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 I can't believe it's just really, it's really shocking to me that people still think this is some not big deal, like I, 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 which is just... Amazing, because I, I don't know how you look at this deal with the Big 12 and think this is not a big deal. I mean, he told you everything you needed to know about streaming right there. And, you know, I know that you've mentioned a couple times that you dislike, the, that you don't have the same ability to kind of flip between games. But if they were on a, a similar platform, so, for instance, if it's on Prime Video, it's going to be a lot easier. And that's something that they will continue to develop to make maybe more a better carousel that is all sports games. So then you could easily click through. It is a little bit awkward on your smart TV, having to go out of one into the other, out of, into another. Uh, but I think that's something that we're just going to keep continuing to see develop. And I also think that's a problem of our generation. Yeah. We got used to flipping on the remote. And now I think other, if you never had that, if you never got direct TV, if you were never used to, yeah. you know, and if what you do is here, what do we do all day? We flip out of one app and go into the other app, flip out of one app, go well, into the other app. And what I, what the, I, what I think is really important is what like YouTube does now, where you can have the YouTube player in the bottom of your screen or anywhere you want on your screen, it pops itself out. Right. You know, like that's like, look at Jaron Eccles. Jaron Eccles says, I stream from my phone to my Bluetooth off my truck while I work. So thank you for doing that. Holabilly says, I listen on an iPad. Uh, Ken Williams says, phone and PC depends on what I'm doing. Uh, NY Monty fan, good morning too. He says, yeah, if I'm on the road, I watch from my phone. Like, I mean, that's, that's yeah. legit. Uh, Brett Burnett says, the jazz deal totally sucks. Only reason I can watch is because our HOA has that channel. Yeah, I, and that's the shocking thing. And from what we understand, the Jazz have a significant deal pretty well done. Um, they have a pretty good idea of what they're trying to do. I think their deal is going to – it better be on mobile. That's all it I can say. It has to be it has on has mobile. It has to be. has to be. Yeah. Like there, there just is no, no other uh, option. The Utah Jazz hit the lottery with Lori this season. Is, he, uh, is his coming out party? No, this is not Lori Markinen's coming out party. I think Laurie Markkinen is playing as well as he has played for probably the last two years. Specific, I wouldn't call this a coming out party for Laurie. I mean, I think you? you largely knew what you were going to get, but it's nice that he's performing. You know, it's nice that. What he, happened to all of our cameras, dude? Yeah, bro. What, what, what's like, going I, on? I haven't touched your remote at all. Hello. I have not touched your remote at all. And not, whoa. Hello. And all of a sudden, Jake, you're like way <laughs> off. You're like way off. Hello, there's a I'll door. The other way. Yeah, you're like way off camera. Thank you. Hey, there you are. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I think you knew what you were getting in Lori. I think that he's playing well. You know, I think that the um, 
I I think that what's what is happening? Right I don't now? know like, what's like, happening right now, but look, like it's weird. It's just odd that like I don't know. We may be having a remote issue because now that that Mrs. Monty's camera moved. I mean, I know you guys don't believe in poltergeists, but I mean, I don't know what else you would. It is Halloween. It is Halloween. Halloween. Dun, dun. Uh, it is Halloween here yeah. on the Monty Show. A couple more comments before we get to uh, the news with Mrs. Monty. Uh, NY Monty fan says, I have NBA League Pass or I couldn't watch jazz games. Obviously, truth. Uh, NBA Pass adds to costs when factoring all other services we have to pay for. Yeah, it does. Yep. It does. But this is who doesn't have Amazon Prime? Yeah. Well, I, 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 you know. We already know. What, how, I, I think it was half of like half, half of a, half, half of, of the population yeah. of the U.S. Yeah. Has Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, but it's either that or I can't watch live. Yeah, you got to. I mean, NBA League Pass, I think, is $99 a year. Yeah. Less than that. More on than worth it for how many games you get. Yeah, absolutely more than worth it. Uh, Michael Harris says, I do nearly all my listening on iPhone in my Alexa. I'm hearing you guys on my phone. Good to see you. I appreciate you listening, Michael Harris. When they cut off dish customers, that was a big mistake. I'll never buy anything from AT&T or DirecTV. I'll go find a stream. Ooh. That hurts. Justin Solace says, I think Amazon buying out Twitch was the start of them building out the infrastructure to live stream sports. But the problem is, I think Twitch is such a niche, though. Yeah. And I think Amazon... Amazon has a really robust stream product. Like, I, I don't know. Twitch was interesting. They've tried to get people to go to Twitch. And I, I just don't... I don't think Twitch is a fully accepted platform. No. Uh, I And I think it's awkward for... Twitch is a gamer a yeah. platform. Gamer platform. Right? I, I mean... I think they tried to get it to uh, pan out a little bit more, but they're... It just... The proof was that people were not going to go to Twitch for anything really other than gaming, watching gamers. It was yeah. too linked to... Um, to gaming. So. Yeah. yeah. It yeah still I is. just think it, yeah, I just think it's weird. Uh, Justin says, if you don't have Amazon prime, just look at Jake's computer. Cause you can get any password you want from there. Yeah. yeah you can steal wrong. his, yeah, you're not, you his know. password, yeah, yeah. password. That's right, Jake. I believe they're all password one, two, three, four. Yeah. <coughs> you know, <coughs> I could be wrong. It's the welcome with a capital W and then one at the end. That's yes, right. Yes, yes. You yeah. know, you know, that's right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. I want to uh, tell you about uh, our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Make sure you uh, find our guys at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com, and any of their five Utah locations. Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and our good friends in Murray. Um, I mean, they're just the best in the business. Again, I can only tell you so many times that Asado seasoning will change your life, and it will change your life. Asado seasoning is amazing. Uh, you can get that online at bbqpitstop.com, which is part of the other thing that I encourage you to do. Shop online with those guys. Talk about assimilating. Talk about getting on board. Uh, the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop absolutely are online. You can shop with them. You can even chat with them on their website, bbqpitstop.com. Um, you leave a message and they'll answer you. If they can't do it live, they'll answer you later. Like, hey, do I need to wrap my brisket? Yeah, here's how you do it. Are you thinking about putting a turkey on the smoker? Our guy Clinton down at the Lehigh store has a video up on the Barbecue Pit Stop YouTube channel uh, that talks all about how to smoke your chicken breast, your turkey breast, your turkey dinners. Like, 
pretty amazing. Right now is the time to go there because they actually have their turkey breasts that you can buy straight out of the stores. And they will give you all the instructions on how to smoke that. And that's what we had at the um, watch party. They yes. actually did two of those turkey breasts. And if you were there, you knew they were so moist and soft and melt in your mouth. You need to go and get one. Moist breast is always... Moist. Um, are you a dark meat or a light meat fan for... Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm a light meat fan. You are a light you? meat fan. No, no, no. No, not even a question. I mean... Oh. Yeah, and I don't even eat a lot of meat. If I was going to have dark meat, it would definitely be in a pot pie. It's very it's It is flavorful. very flavorful in a pot so, pie. So, you know, dice that up, put it in your pot pie. Yeah, I think the other seasoning I would encourage you guys to ask them about is their Cosmo wing dust. See, like I just pulled it up on my phone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see that. That's their website. Like I was trying to think of the name of that wing dust. Mrs. Monty bought uh, cauliflower uh, this weekend. She's going to make cauliflower wings. Um, she's going to use the wing dust. So hook it up, barbecuepitstop.com uh, or find them in any of their five Utah stores, which include Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and Salt Lake City. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. It is time for the news with the Mrs. Monty. Um, hello, Mrs. Monty. So every day now <laughs> you're... Like a run-in uh, like music? Do I get like my own walk-up music? Yeah, uh, well, let's see. We're, uh, we're, uh, hold he's on. like, let me turn this off. Thanks. Hold on. Why is that not playing now? What? The trombone is not playing. What do you mean? It's like a sad trombone. Do you hear it? Yes. I don't hear it. That's weird. Bro. I'm telling we got all kinds of gremlins up in this piece. Do you, you hear that? Yes. Yes, I hear that. Why do I not hear that in my headphones? <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, I don't hear that at all. Like, that's so strange. <laughs> Stop pushing it. You're going to I'm telling you, man. The like the, the, Anyway. <laughs> all right. Time for the news with Mrs. Monty. What's your first Here's story another today? things. Well, first off, happy Halloween. Um, my favorite holiday of the year. I will be dressing up later. But to get us started, first I want to talk about one of the scariest things of Halloween trolls and really actually it's Antonio Brown trolling Tom Brady. Did we oh, talk God. about Tom, Tommy and Jizzy today? Tommy. We, we did not talk about Tommy and Jizzy today. If you did not hear Friday, their divorce went final. So, um, and you got to think like, wasn't that why Thursday night he looked fucking sad? He's a bum. Like, right? Like didn't he sit, wasn't it after the game on Thursday when he was sitting in the locker room? Okay. So you just dropped an F bomb on the show. Um, which, <laughs> Where, where is this trucker language coming from with you? We're, we're standing around the other night. I've always had it. <laughs> we're standing around the other night, and Mrs. Monty dropped a phallic reference. <laughs> like she starts I talking did. about... Well, uh, because okay, of this no. guy that got cut by the San Antonio Spurs. Primo. Right? People, you cannot show I wasn't gonna say to anyone <laughs> okay, that go. didn't ask to see it. So they cut Josh Primo from the... San Antonio Spurs because he can you measure it? He well, you apparently he asked some people to. Uh, Primo exposed himself to at least one female employee in, in by some accounts multiple. So he was cut by the San Antonio Spurs, and Mrs. Monty is telling that story, and she breaks out with like, uh. uh I don't even do we say, we can't say the word on the show. That's an issue. <laughs> it was that bad. It is not that bad. <laughs> yes, it was. That was. You said penis 
this earlier. No, I did not. You said penis-shaped rocket. Right, but that's in a news oh, story. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, very different. That's oh, in a news story. Okay, I get it. <laughs> you very, know. very, very different. It is. Yeah. It's, you know. Anyways, um, I was dying <laughs> about Antonio Brown, who is totally denying that he is trolling at all, but yet he made a shirt. Did you guys see the shirt that he had made that he was selling? Bro, you're trolling hard. You're being a jerk, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you are definitely. Bitter party of one. Yeah. Seriously, I, I, Antonio Brown, but he's just another one of these guys. How much money did Antonio Brown give away? I mean, it has uh, to be tens millions, of millions of dollars yeah, between millions, lawsuits dude. and money not not paid to him because he's a lunatic. It seems like, and yeah, I mean, it, the guy has had to have lost tens of millions of dollars. And that was part of his reasoning. He had said, "What, what, what about me? When I'm on the, when am I on the news for? I'm crazy." That's exactly what his quote was. And I think he's just showing that that's uh, who he is. He's on brand. Um, but man, that is just troll. Too bad. Trolling. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Giggity says cauliflower wings are better than flats. Anything's better than flats. Good point. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Right. Michael Harris says uh, the turkey at the watch party was amazing. Yes, it, it was. was. Yeah, dude. You yes. need to yes, go and was. get it from Barbecue Pit Stop. Yes, it. Yes, you do. Uh, Brett Burnett says, uh, Primo uh, going to pick his team and be better off as the NBA full of second and third chances. I don't think he gets a chance yeah, soon. Dude, I, yeah. I mean, on the heels of Ime Yudoka, you really think that Primo's going to get a chance? No. After showing his wares Never. to other women? I, I can't see that happening. In Arizona, no you get arrested for that, and you get... Aren't you like a... Uh, in this country, that's a felony. Hey, guys. Well, but like... Even if you're just like going to the bathroom in public. Yeah, that's a, get... that's a felony pretty much in every state and you're on the sex offender registry. That's what it is. Yeah. It, it not, it, like if you get caught going to the bathroom in public, you're on, I, I kid you not, yeah. you're on the sex offender yeah. registry. Don't show your people. <laughs> your thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, no. All right, next. <laughs> Can we talk about the national anthem? Because seriously... Yeah. Uh, I love sporting events. I love that we sing the national anthem before sporting events. I think that's awesome. I think it's fun. It's cute sometimes when you have little kids sing it. We have heard some um, troubling national anthems recently. And We have. It, World, World Series Game 1. What is happening? If right. you are going to sing, what? Let's play it. Oh, Go yeah. right ahead. Let's play it. What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last dreaming. Did he say dreaming? What so proudly we at the twilight's last dreaming. Last streaming, <laughs> like he's not. It's it's streaming, not and dreaming. D- d- yeah, he completely skipped a verse. Yeah, and, he, and the he, players. It, if you watch this video, watch this. What's so proud? Watch the players when he screws up here. Watch their heads get picked up. At the twilight's last streaming. Uh oh. <laughs> And then there's Verlander looking so proud here, here you go, here you go, right? we at the last dreaming. Dreaming. Here 
Come on, guys. And all the players are like... Because <laughs> uh. it's gotten more rare and more rare <laughs> yeah. that people screw up the anthems because usually they put them on the scoreboard. Yeah. But there, I remember Doc Rivers coming out with that young girl. Then the other girl fell down in the hockey rink trying to get on the oh, ice. Yeah. And, Man, just, just I put mean, the words up so everyone can see them and and sing it right but oh please don't try to rewrite it don't try to rewrite you're it you're a douche like yeah just seriously sing it the way it was supposed to be i don't know I, I i guess i'm a traditionalist on the anthem just sing it sing it the way it was supposed to be sung we don't got to like try and redo the whole thing so yeah brutal national anthems brutal we've heard some bad ones we heard a really good one the other night up in boise actually so props to that girl yeah she did a really good job but next thing i want to talk about please stop throwing stuff into the Grand Canyon oh, or yeah. into any of our natural wonders. Don't push over the rock. Don't paint it. Did you guys see this? So there was this woman on TikTok uh-huh. who thought she was cool and funny and hip and would do a really funny thing. So she hit a golf ball into the Grand Canyon. Then she proceeded to toss her golf club into the Grand Canyon. Yeah. This is the same thing like don't approach the wildlife when you're on video. Because your digital pr- footprint is out there, and they found her, and now she's in trouble. But like, that's that's not nearly as bad as. I mean, that's you know. I don't. I don't I, I we're mean, not talking about me. We're talking yeah. about some guy hitting a golf ball. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, what it, we're it, talking was, about. it was a lady. And should I just, she have yes. to pay for them? Should she have to pay for them to retrieve that golf club? Oh, yes, she should, and she will have to. So they know who she is. She does have a pending court date. Um, she has a court date over this? You're so fucked. Yes. <laughs> she has a court date over this? Yes. <laughs> Why, is there a fine? Like, what is she looking at? Is she looking at hard yes. time? She will be, she will be fined um, more than likely for uh, destruction of property. It's, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but... Yeah, do you it's the same thing like the lady who approached the Cubs with the mama bear and then got chased. Yes. <laughs> You're going to get fined. It's really despicable. The people will find you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't... Dude, are you really... I got to believe there's probably a jail sentence that could go with this, but she'll just get a fine, but... Yeah, I'm sure she'll have to pay a fine for it, but... It just please Dude, come I mean, on the grand canyon is big it is beautiful it is not your garbage can it can injure people below or animals and uh, so you throw in one and then another person throws another golf club and then another yeah, but you can't tell it's me not like, your trash can people is it cool to hit a golf ball into the grand canyon like it it, it seemed like would it be cool for you to hit a golf ball into the grand canyon no that doesn't really excite me no. i mean I'd, i i don't i don't Maybe it, I'm an idiot, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I could see where it would be fun if you're like a golf guy, right? Like, it could be fun to hit a golf ball into a into the Grand Canyon, but... Yeah. I mean, I think it's a golf motif But to... then you get thousands of golf, pol- golf balls in the Grand Canyon, and, like, it's just... Yeah. It's not your trash can. Unless you have a way to catch them and clean them up? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Anyways... I mean, I understand why it's illegal, but... Yeah. All right. I have a couple couple more stories. Oh, First God. off. Here we go. Do you know um, who Jeff Plush is? I'm a man. <laughs> I'm guessing he's a man. I, I, right. I have no idea right. who is Nobody that. knows who Jeff Plush is. No. You know you have messed up if the Curling Association does not want you 
You. I'm, so, I, I, I'm sorry. Right? I thought you said curling. This is sports. Just hang with me on this. You know you've messed up. If it's the um, curling national federation pushed this guy out, right? you've got to be bad. If curling doesn't want you, curling was upset because Jeff Plush was actually um, on the U.S. soccer national, the national women's soccer league. Mm -hmm back when all the abuse was happening and when all of this came out about what had happened, he actually tried to um, stifle investigations in the soccer league. He tried to um, suppress information and now curling found out about it and they were like, no, I'm sorry, you gotta go. No, you know you messed up if curling doesn't want you. Dude, I, I don't, I, I don't. I'm just saying. I, it's curling. Curling, like curling, I feel like, and I could be wrong about yeah. this. Curling feels like one of those sports where they take themselves way too seriously. It's a hipster sport, for sure. They for take sure. themselves very seriously, and they push this guy. He resigned on Friday because they were like, no, dude, you can't even be in curling. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I, I, do what he did, and obviously you can't be a part of a national team. Yeah, you you, clearly. you support abuse. I don't see how on any way, shape, or form that you can continue doing your job. But he went from women's soccer to, like, curling and was hiding out there, and then they were like, all right, get out. You okay, who, who's going to say, am I going to be the one to say, like, curling is a step down from women's soccer? I, <laughs> like, <am> I, <laughs> you know, I'm like not trying to be a, a jerk about it, but I'm isn't that a step a jerk, down? <laughs> but curling doesn't want you. Um, <laughs> all right, so two things about, about Halloween. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, did you hear about in, I think it was Michigan, the street that got closed down that you cannot trick-or-treat on this year? They're closing it down. Why? A cockroach infestation. What? Oh, come oh. on. Uh. In Dote, Michigan. Wyandotte. Right? Um, they actually, they closed the street down. They're not allowing um, anyone to trick-or-treat there because they're concerned the cockroach, cockroach infestation in an abandoned home is so bad that they think that it will, like, cockroaches and the eggs of cockroaches will get caught on the, costumes. The eggs so of cockroaches? Bro. And then it'll spread the infestation. That's what they're concerned about. So no trick-or-treating on that street. They're trying their best to actually clean it up. The <laughs> eggs of so cockroach? Halloween. Like, can you imagine the, your kid brings home cockroach? Hey, I got Twix. Well, Jimmy got Snickers and... Little Molly got eggs of cockroaches. Yeah, casual. Right, like you could <laughs> like either what? get cockroaches in your candy <laughs> or eggs of cockroaches. No. Like cockroaches on your Oh, that is so Halloween though, right? That is the worst Halloween nightmare. Do you still, as parents, because I, I always, I always did this. Like, do you go out with your kid? Like, do you? Like, my mom and my mom followed us out, mm -hmm. right? And then she went through and inspected all the candy and stuff. Like, do do you go trick or treating with your kids still? Yeah, is that a do. thing? Yeah, yeah, parents do. Yeah. I mean, until they get to a certain age where they're old enough, and you know, when you're like, you know, junior highish, high schoolish, like I don't think parents are always going with those kids. But yeah, they walk with their their kids all the time. And please, please stop the BS that like drug dealers are going to be handing out free drugs. They're not <coughs> handing out rainbow shaped. Yeah, you know, rainbow colored fentanyl. They're not handing out. Yeah, we do. We tend to do that. Like, in this country. we tend to like get excited about stuff. I saw. I think it was KSL did that story, uh, where they had like you know a big warning, 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 warning. Your kids are gonna die. 
like you know, like Harold, Harold and Jenny, like Skittles yeah. looking. Yeah. Harold and pill. Jenny are handing out fentanyl. Like at no, ten, they're not. We have Jet Copter Five <laughs> on the scene. As Harold and Jenny hand out fentanyl to your, I've kids. never taken steroids. Right, because like you normally get, you know, candy. <laughs> Open, but, by the way, if they're handing out you know, fentanyl out the front door, do you think the cops? Pills. Will, do you think the cops will know about that? Linocaine and B12. You know what I'm saying? No it, drug it doesn't... dealers are giving away drugs for free. No, they're selling them. No, and they'd love you to stop. Why do we do that up? stuff? And this is, and I know we talk about the news on the show all the time, but yeah. I, I, I've never understood why we do the thing where your kids are going to die. That's oh, next at ten. Razor blades and apples, <laughs> right? It never actually happened, kids. Never. Rainbow no. fentanyl. Gephardt investigates. Right. Like that's what we, that's what we wind up getting. You know, like the most sensa- Like what is the most sensational line? Your kids in different pieces on the street for Halloween, and it's no costume. That's coming up at ten after Law okay, and Order. Hell of a drug. SVU. <laughs> like wish, that's oh. what we did. Like what we do this sensational thing on the news, and it makes me not want to watch. You yeah. know, like it it makes me not like. This story the other morning, like a, a, a story I legitimately care about, this this wildfire over the, the summer that was sparked when these guys didn't put out their uh, campfire. They went camping in the wild. They built a fire. They did not fully extinguish it. They walked away, and it caused a massive fire. Yeah. And they're like calling them pyros. Like, uh, and, and I'm like, they're pyros? not, they're, they were camping. And the, the news channel in Boise, I can't remember what the name of the channel was, but it essentially said that the pyros were caught and they will pay the price. That's it, why. It's like live from the blue turf in Boise. We caught the pyros. <laughs> and it's like, dude, they were campers and they didn't put their fire out. If anything, what is it? It's a great life lesson. It's not about pyros. Like, are you kidding me? Like the arsonists. No, yeah, like you're they, you're they sensationalizing idiots, it, but they didn't. Yeah, no one is has a bowl of you know rainbow colored fentanyl pills handing out to your kids. Not. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. And my Monty fan says because drug dealers are going to spend thousands of dollars in drugs to give them away for free. That's right? good business, and they won't get killed for it. Right? Free <laughs> exactly. Joints. Stop by Riley we'll, O'Brien. We'll give out, you know, free blunts. Riley O'Brien says, "What type of candy are the kids who trick or treat at the Monty household in store for? Full candy bars. Full candy bars, kids. That's we do that every year. Mm-hmm. Full candy bars at ten <laughs> uh, until <laughs> they're gone, and then you get Tootsie Rolls. You're totally screwed if you. Yeah, I have a whole bag. <laughs> and, and the good news is this year, like I can't even like really eat a whole bunch of candy uh because of this whole temporary crown thing i have going on in my face but uh i'm telling you again life hack is absolutely the white chocolate reese's peanut butter tree egg pumpkin thing whatever the shape is jeff bezos's penis at 10 o'clock on ksl (laughs) wow um like the white chocolate pumpkins are amazing unbelievable amazing i had i actually had so we, driving from Boise to Salt Lake, we stopped and got peanut butter M&Ms, which aren't as bad as I had made them out to be. They're worse. Um, and then we got a oh, bag man. of... he ate all of them. They were so terrible. I did not eat all of them. I had like two handfuls. And I, did I not give you, you gave a whole me bunch? Some. You gave I me gave some. him a whole bunch. Y'all feel me? But I was too busy enjoying the delicacy known as those gummy bears. Right. Because those gummy bears were fresh. Yeah. They were really good, actually. See, this is why you shop at Maverick. And we've talked about this. This is why. This is why you shop at Maverick. Because when you go to the other, like, little convenience store place of majiggers, you wind up 
getting Place not fresh, whatever you call them. I can't hey even think of like Seven Eleven. I'm Holiday. never. No, I actually like holidays with the green. Mrs. Monty loves the green dinosaur. Uh huh. But at Maverick, you always get they have the best snacks. I don't think it's close. Yeah, I, I could agree. be wrong. No, I agree. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, full candy bars. Uh, Steve Sorensen says, just wait until there are uh, there's any level of drama in Ohio, and Spider will become passive aggressive, baby. He was here in Utah. Oh, come on, come on. Robert says a Swedish fish at Dollar Tree, amazing. Hey, you guys want some Swedish fish? Yeah, let's go to Dollar Tree and get them. Um, hey, a lot of people shop at Dollar Tree you, you for get, Swedish fish. You can get you can get a lot of foods there. Like for yeah. instance, yeah, absolutely, uh, exactly. We but know, I know. can we tell you, it's not where we normally shop. No, but I can tell you, I'll never shop at Winco Foods again. That was that was Winco is my <coughs> jam. All right, here's here's the last thing. Yeah, uh, amazing. There is a website called Frightgeist, and it's oh it's Frightgeist with dot with Google dot com. It's actually a really cool site. They take, they aggregate all of the Google search results um, or, or that people hey have put in for Halloween, and they give you a ranking of hey all guys. of the costumes. And they do it actually by site. You, okay. site. you can look at a, a map that'll tell you for your area what's the most popular costume. Okay. What do you think the most popular costume is for Salt Lake City? Donovan Mitchell. No. It's got to be Mark Eaton. <laughs> He's just a hack. Go ahead. Why? What is it? Why? Chucky? No. E.T.? Hey, guys. No. What? <laughs> like, that was like 40 years ago. No young people have seen E.T. That's not true. Uh, I don't know. A white salamander. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I I, you're you. asking. A witch. You're asking. I'm answering. Witches are the most popular um halloween costume and actually this year which is the number one search for costume in the united states damn yep arlington bear says today is the last day of casuals getting cut is it, it is? the last I think, day yeah I, we said the end of october but i've I think, done pretty well i'm pretty happy with where i'm yeah, at done like 10 pounds yeah yeah i'm, I'm pretty happy we need it. to you know get back on the exercise train because after hawaii that kind of messed it up you know studios and hockey and all that kind of stuff but yeah i would agree with yeah. that. yeah anyways which number two spider-man of course really number three dinosaur this has to be kids costumes obviously uh i don't know number four stranger things okay number five fairy number six pirate number seven rabbit who dresses see like this is what i don't understand who dresses up as a rabbit donnie you're number out eight, of your cheerleader Number nine, cowboy. Uh, did you say an elevator? <laughs> did you say an elevator? You yeah. just said you an just elevator. Said yes, you. she said an elevator, <laughs> right? Cheerleader. Cheerleader. You did not say cheerleader. You said elevator. I said cheerleader. No, you said elevator. I said cheerleader. Me? Did you hear her say elevator? She said that one of the top Christmas costumes was, I'm not Christmas? making this up. I think you are. Are you? Did oh, you I did just say Christmas. That's yeah. interesting, man. <laughs> That's a good witch cackle right there. Uh, I did say Christmas. Number 10 was Harley Quinn. Mm. I'm just saying. Like, no, do you, I don't. Am I a stick in the mud? Have I gotten like old cogity guy? Probably. Because I don't dress up. I'm not a costume You've guy. You've never really dressed up. I had to like force you to put on zombie makeup when we were in Hawaii. You didn't have to force me. You suggested it and I said, yes, I would do it. But you're you not like, uh, you're not trying. 
Okay, Jeffrey Dahmer in the comments. Come on, guy. Les Wayman says Come Jeffrey on. Dahmer. Come on. What is our and this is interesting actually. Mrs. Monty and I have talked about this. What? What are pe what is people's fascination with Jeffrey Dahmer? I'm not fascinated with oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. I, I don't understand this. Like he you guys realize his like the Netflix show is massive. I know. His people costumes are massive. Shows. But you realize this dude cut people up and ate them. He's a horrible, but I mean, and I just, I do struggle with that. I think sometimes when we watch crime shows, it's older, you know, the stories like you think about, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the guy's name. Who? The guy who did all the college co-eds, killed all of the... Ted Bundy? Bundy, right? Happened ben Anderson's long dad ago, worked with Ted Bundy. Um, that, you know... But, it's not, there's, you know, not like, well, there's probably parents that are still alive. Anyways, but for Jeffrey Dahmer's victims, like the, the families are really upset about it and they didn't have an opportunity to give any input. They but, are. I mean, I guess it is a true story and you have the right to tell the story. I just, yeah, I do struggle with like dressing up as Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't think that's right. Yeah. Eric and Raleigh said, she said, Ele Eliator. That's exactly right. You said elevator. Boyd Lake says Jeffrey Dahmer is all over Hulu, Netflix, Dahmer everywhere. It is, and I'm kind of bummed about it. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, Les Wayman says everyone dressed up like that this weekend. They did. They did. I agree, Les. Les Wayman says it's stupid. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. I just think it's. Yeah. By the way, Tom Basili says elevator started from the bottom. Now we hear. Uh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Um, Terrence sends me a uh, DM. And why you DM this? Why not just comment on the show? Um, he said, I, oh, well, here's why. He said, I didn't want to say this out loud, but I think it's so stupid that people eat candy and dress up in costumes for Halloween. Good for you for not partaking. Okay, I'm, I didn't say I'm not partaking. <laughs> wow. What the fuck? Terrence was passionate about this play. He was like, yeah, man, I'm with you. I never said I wasn't <laughs> partaking. Right? Like, I didn't say I wasn't partaking. I just said that I don't dress up. I'm a stick in the mud. Right. But the one thing that I didn't, I, I will say this year is like, by the way, adult costumes. Yeah. I think a lot of adults go to parties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people dress up and go to parties. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I like it. I, I, I like Halloween. I actually love Christmas. This year, I really want to. I'm still on the fence about, hey, let's go out to the wilderness and cut down a tree. <laughs> I'm not so sure that I want to. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. Honey. <laughs> You want that tree. You need that tree. That's what she said. Uh, I don't know <laughs> that I, I just, I'm not sure I'm ready to get on that level with Christmas. Like I like the tree we have. I, 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 uh -huh. I want the lights. I don't want to pay for them, but I don't want to get out there and do it myself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't, I don't want to put it's the lights up. It's a convenience thing. Yeah. I don't want to put the lights up myself. Yeah, but I don't want to pay somebody well, no, three hundred bucks to do to it. You're not to put them up yourself. What? <laughs> yeah. None of us will. Jake's That's not, like, yeah. Jake's like, you'll ask me to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, Jake, I mean, Jake's got Jake's got a girlfriend now. He doesn't have time. No. Oh boy, he doesn't have time oh, for us to put lights up. Boy. So, oh, but boy. I, I don't. Oh boy, I got through almost three hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My point is, I don't. I don't know. Is it is it a waste of money to have somebody come to your house and put lights up? I, money is such a trivial thing. What well, when you be, have it, what it may be a waste of money to you is a valuable investment to someone else. Like, you know, I, I think daybreak as a community, you know, lights are a big deal. 
you know, in daybreak, everyone does their house. So like, you know, I don't know, like on some level, like if you don't do it, you're like one of the only houses that didn't do it. So like you're the standout, but like, it's only uh, what six weeks probably of, you know, being the only house and how much does it really matter? Like, you know, I don't know. It's a preference thing. I mean, it's, if you, if you look back in January and you're like, Hey, I didn't spend 300 bucks on lights. (laughs) Is that going to upset you? Like, Tom Basilius says, Jake, you're a SL comma UT playboy. You are what you are. <laughs> Someday. Someday. What do you mean what is do hard better? Uh, I don't know what you mean by that. Explain that. Uh, Tanner says, Mrs. M has a funny laugh. She does. Wait, wait, wait. Jake had a girlfriend already. Are you guys back together? Uh, not yet. We're having conversations. Okay. Right. <clears throat> well, go right ahead, note. Mrs. Monty. On that note, no. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not going to be the guy who everybody in the comments is going to be like, "You're an asshole." You know, let him do what he wants. Let him live his life. Okay, live your life. That's fine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think we should spread a rumor that, like, at Halloween, they're they're also giving out like I don't know sex toys to kids (laughs) like like, let's start our own salacious rumor you you can get you know free drugs and sex toys at jake's apartment it's it's at jake's apartment right yeah that's where you go oh can you imagine see look less women my kid was given a cock ring (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) i'm serious bro what are you talking about man God. Hey, look here, man. I don't know what I did to piss you off, God. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> it's so much better. God, than my God, that, my that's more realistic. My wife just my wife just said cock ring on the show, God. Can you <laughs> So wait, let me, let me God, am I actually in hell? Is that what this is no longer purgatory? You're saying I'm in hell now. Yeah, one, marry one, kill one. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? Oh my God! I I, I give up. I, but you, I, you know, know it would be funny. That would scare people more. Cock rings? Yeah, I would imagine that they. <laughs> now you've got me to say it twice. <laughs> um, Crispy says Mrs. Monty with the zingers today, every day, <laughs> every day. Oh yeah, see here comes the here comes the Jake dating advice, but we're not doing that today because Jake has forbidden me from talking about it. Uh, you know. It is what it is. Cody says, uh, hey, boys, just woke up. Got a question. I'm a Republican. Oh, uh, here here we, go. we go. Maybe we should go back to Mrs. Monty's news segment about sex toys. Yet this year, I'm not sure about any of the people up for the vote. I don't like Mike Lee or Evan. Kind of confused this term. Yeah, sorry. That's not our show. Yeah, we can't, can't talk. Do we can't, can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah, can't we, do that. Sorry. I have a very definitive answer on that that I will not share with you. It's really, uh, yeah, we, I know we talk about it every day we want. Yeah, anyway, yeah, all right, yeah, what are you yeah, hoping yeah. to get in your bag of trick or treats today? Are you hoping? <laughs> 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 wow. wow. You know, I think, I'm a, I think I'm a little under the weather, and this is what I get for like, do, do I get chamomile tea? No. What do I get? I get cock rings and trick or treat bags over here what from this one. Look at you. <laughs> I'm glad you all think this is funny. It is funny. It is. <laughs> Eric and Raleigh says, that's it. That's the end. Say goodbye, Mrs. Monty. <laughs> exactly right. NY Monty fans, shh. 
the Labots are listening. Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Les Wayman says, hopefully some black olives for my pizza. No, by the way, yeah, today is the last day for Jacko Pizzas. Use the promo code Monty25. Uh, we haven't seen the new commercials yet, Not which yet. is, which well, is kind of a bummer. I'm working on them. So make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get your uh, Jacko Pizza. Jacko Pizza. It's the last day for Jacko Pizzas at uh, Papa Murphy's. MONTY25, $25, $25 off. Your purchase at $25 or more. Um, yeah, I guess that, I, I mean, I guess that's it. Do you, everybody's commenting on, on you know, what? on your love life, Jake. Jeremy, Jeremy Severe says, I thought this is a family show. Apparently. Yeah. Um, NY Monty fan says, I don't know if this is a smart move, man, but live your life. Just make sure you break it off before Christmas or at Max Valentine's Day. If not, you're locked in for another six months. It's very true. This isn't Dish Network. I don't have contracts. That's a, Well, there you go. Giggity says, listen to your father, Jake. Right. See? I mean. Yeah, I know. You know, Les Wayman says, don't do it, Jake. Like, Right. You've read that one twice now. Yeah. Don't do it, Jake. Right. I'm just saying. Uh, there's towing the line, and then there's Mrs. Monty, Eric and Raleigh says. Exactly well, right. You know. Exactly right. Am I towing the line? No, you're like 10 miles past the line, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I you know. sprinted over the line. You're offside. Yeah. That, that, was, that was how many. Oh, my gosh. We have to bring the f- penalty flag. The offside. The, okay. No, yeah. no, we don't. That, that, no, 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 we don't. I think we need to bring no, them back. No, actually, we don't. Um, because you could have totally thrown the penalty flag on me. Or maybe you need cards. Pull a red card, pull a yellow card on me. I, y- I, yellow I, card's a great band. Um, you know. No, <laughs> maybe we just need like a bucket of slime above your head. Hey, thanks for watching the show today. Uh, make sure you support our sponsors, please. And again, um, nominate families for Thanksgiving. We really want to help people, so uh, DM me, uh, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show on Twitter or Instagram. Every tip you leave us from now until the end of the year, we will put into helping people. Uh, It will all go to helping people at Thanksgiving and Christmas, so hook it up. Appreciate you watching. Until tomorrow. Wait, let me get the right banner on the screen. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.